Like the, there's the <laughs> there's a concept in MMOs <clears throat> when um you're going to do a fight and like tanks typically have control over like when you pull. Sure. So they do like a so they do like a pull timer. Like there's an in-game thing you can do. You hit a button that says time twenty seconds and it'll count down for you. Oh, nice. Um, and a bunch of people for some reason set pull timers at like ridiculously long periods of time like 25 seconds like you don't need 25 seconds to prepare for a pull sure people still there's like one there's like one situation where you need a long pull there's one class in 14 that needs like a lot of time to set up because they're was this like a long charge up on their thing or something it's yeah their whole thing is like based on like drawing cards out of a deck so they've got set and cycle through cards in their deck until they get the right one ready so sometimes they'll be like, hey, can we do like a 25 second pull timer? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I was about to but say, then, like, I'm surprised that there's cards in that game. And then I realized that I'm actually not at all surprised. No, you shouldn't be surprised. No. gentlemen of the internet this is the gaming start podcast for the 9th of march 2021 my name's callum my name's ewan i had to say that very carefully because i forgot what month and year it was at uh-huh. the same time yep um this is only the second one we've done of these in 2021 so yeah i know i just completely completely forgot what it was yeah the, there's, there's not a lot of video games coming out no out, that's so, true yeah. um so um, there's some yeah this is like what the second yeah for it's been a lot of catch-up and um various like kind of small things i think which is why we haven't really done much also we should probably just say straight up the top our game of the year stuff is running at the minute if people haven't seen for some reason discord turned itself off i don't know weird why. um yeah. okay well it doesn't matter i don't think we lost anything um okay, cool. yeah so in case people haven't seen our game of the year stuff is up and running um hmm. give me start com slash g uh G-O-T-Y hyphen 2020 will give you the page, but it's all listed on the front page anyway. Um, so we actually have our own landing yeah. page for... Yeah. You just do things behind the scenes and not tell me. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yes. Because what we're going to tell you, hey, I did a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean... Oh, wait, I mean, well, are you saying G-O-T-Y 2020? Like G-O-T-Y hyphen 2020. 2020. Yeah. Hyphen 2020. Hyphen 2020. Um, I should have come up with a better URL, but fuck it. Um, Probably should have, yeah. Ah, yeah. there we go, look at that. Yeah, Jeez. hey. And it tells you when stuff's I just going learned, live. I just learned things about my own website. There, there you go. go. Uh, but yeah, stuff's going up. There's probably, from the time you hear this, there's another week's worth of stuff. Maybe a week and a half. I can't remember the last one goes live. Um, but yeah, check that out. There's videos and podcast versions. In fact, the podcast will have been in this feed as well. Um, mm. As mm-hmm. well as the... If you're following us on YouTube, which you should be, the video versions are up there. By video versions, I mean I did an animation for the same thing that's in the podcast. You did, yeah, you did you did an audio animation for the yeah, which is cool. I was talking, um, but yeah, there ain't a lot of video games, so I can probably do mm. some quick stuff. Um, mm. I talked at the end of the last episode about the new episode for Necrobarista, which came out. Oh yeah, um, yeah. it's it's really good. It's more Necrobarista, and actually, I think it's. As good, if not better, as the main game. Um, it's mm-hmm. like maybe a couple hours of 
extra extra stuff. It's a totally is new... Is it like is it like an epilogue thing? No, or is it's it... it's the same setting and the same premise, but it's two totally new characters. The original characters don't even show up. It's like ah, okay. it seems like what they're doing with this thing is they're taking the core concept and just telling a bunch of stories in that world, which is pretty cool to be honest. Um, so it's two totally new characters. Um, it still maintains to be like the most polished uh, uh, visual novel I've played. The dialogue is super good. It was I think I said this to you, or maybe I said it to somebody else, but it reinforces the idea that people our age are making video games now where there's like yeah. a couple of minute diatribe in there about nostalgia for uh, panic at the disco and how terrible their song names are and i'm like yeah, yeah okay like i've had that conversation like i've had that actual conversation so yes this this makes a lot of sense um but yeah no it's super good it's got really good it's poignant it's funny it's the characters talk like real people it's it's super good um, I like it. It's done, it's, it's done Necrobarista thing again. Yes, it's, it's more Necrobarista. actually sound like humans. Yes. Um, and it's free as well. It's a free episode. And there's apparently one more coming as well, which is cool. Ooh. Which we don't know anything about, but there's one more coming. Um, so there was that. And then the only actual other game I played from start to finish that's new is Maquette, which is the uh, one of the PS Plus games for this month. Um, so Maquette is, I think it's out on everything. I know it's out on PC as well. Um, but I think it's out on everything, but it's a, it's got bits of Portal. It's got bits of, do you remember Superliminal? That puzzle game about scale and perspective and stuff. We did a video for it that never get published because it didn't go very well. But like, remember the, the thing I'm talking about? Vaguely? It's. I it was like there was a set. There was a bit where you're walking to a thing. There's a chess piece at the end, and you turn around, and actually, it's just printed on the wall, and it's all at an angle that makes it look as if it's real. And you make things mm-hmm. like basically, it plays with perspective is the core of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of one of them, or it kind of takes bits of both, where it's uh, ostensibly a puzzle game, um, which is basically about uh, the core concept is you. There's a kind of cross-shaped area. So there's like a central area and four spokes that come off it at the compass points. And at the middle of the area is a maquette or like a small model of the area you're in. So if you put stuff inside the maquette, it is the scale is translated out into the scale you're at. So if you put a small thing inside the maquette, it's big in your scale. Because if so, like you drop something in there, and there's a thunk behind you, and it's like mm-hmm. on a larger scale behind you. So it's all about like scale translations and like moving stuff around and seeing the small scale thing and manipulating that to get big things happening and all this kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Um, it does kind of break your brain a couple of times where you've got to travel through different scales at once. Um, the ending is, in terms of puzzle solving, is. Do I talk about that? Sure. I mean, sure. So, only because I got completely stuck in this thing. So, minor spoilers, skip a couple of minutes if you're if you're not interested. So, there's a section at the end where... So, the things they've taught you so far up to that point is if you pick up a key... Uh, the key doors are a thing that they established very early on in the thing. And you go into this room where there is a locked door. There's a marble slab on the floor with, like, the imprint of a key in it. And a key right. in a in a hole in the floor 
that's too small for the door. And the mm. whole thing, that, and you start moving stuff about, and you very quickly realize that there are two holes in the floor, and there's a room behind you. And as you move the key around between these holes in the floor, it's replicated at different scales in all these rooms. So you take the ah, small okay. key, you make it bigger, you go to the room behind you, and it's much bigger, and then you can take that, and you put it in a different one, and it makes it smaller. So you look at all of this, based on everything they've taught you, and you go, oh, I need to take the small key and make it the right size for this door. And it shows you the size, because there's an imprint <laughs> in this door, right? So it seems I li- like it would break your head. Right. So I spent literally 15 minutes like shuffling keys about and you could always get it like it's just too big or just too small and it wasn't going in the door, all this kind of stuff and mm. couldn't figure it out. I was like mapping stuff out and going, well, this is size. If we call this size one, this must be size two and it must be somewhere. In between. I was doing all this stuff and then couldn't get anywhere, could not get it exactly the right size. And then I realized very quickly that and then I realized if you went into the previous room that if I put the key on the side of the hole, so it's half in, half out the hole, it becomes a ramp in the previous room to get you over a wall I didn't see, and then the key's just up there. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. like all the things that you've taught me don't apply in this one room, and yeah. there's no way I was going to figure out the thing before. Yeah. And you've left us to the last half hour of the game. And I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but generally all the puzzle solving, it does kind of make sense and is actually pretty interesting about moving scales, right. about all this kind of stuff. Some stuff does... It has the problem I have with these type of puzzle games where if your iteration speed on solving a puzzle is not very quick, you get bored very quickly. So, like, mm-hmm. the worst part of these games for me is, like, when you know exactly what you need to do, it just takes you a while to actually execute it, and it's not difficult to execute. So, like, yeah. so there's a couple of sections where, you're like, you have to get small in order to be able to fit through a, a fence at one point. So you have to break through the scale barrier and it doesn't matter how you do that, but you have to basically make yourself small and get through this thing. Except that when you're small, the area that you're in is suddenly much larger. So it takes you a long time to cross that floor. And then once you cross there and get there, you realize, oh, I missed a thing. I forgot a thing I need to do back in the other scale. So you have to go all the way back, do the thing, and then go all the way back. And it's just like, if I can't look at a puzzle and rapidly try a bunch of stuff to try and fix it, you get bored kind of quickly. Yeah, sure. Um, but generally, it's pretty good, and it looks really nice as well. It's very colourful and very... It's got a cool, like... Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of style even is it? It's got, like, a vaguely, like, kind of... Uh, fairground Moroccan, let's, like, say. Like, it's got bits of both of that kind of stuff in it. Um, I, think, I think I know what you're going for, but Yeah, sure. like, it takes both of those things and munges them together. It's really cool. The, the part of it that didn't quite work for me is it's... There's a narrative component to it, right? And the mm-hmm. the narrative component throughout this whole thing is, it's basically the story of a relationship. It's the story. It starts when the two of them meet in a coffee shop, and it goes places from there. Yeah. The thing about it is that if you look at games like, um, other games that try and take puzzle games and tell a narrative story with them there's usually a pretty good relationship between the story and the stuff that you're actually doing as a puzzle it's metaphorical it's abstract but you can see what they're doing with that kind of stuff for me unless i'm an idiot (laughs) i can't see a lot of the connection between the things you're doing as the puzzle and the maquette and this story right, of this okay. relationship, like, do you, or do you feel it's like too high concept, or is it? I feel like, like it. So the only relation between the two of them is that they, when they meet, the reason why they meet or the reason why they start talking is because they're both 
um, they both wanted to be artists when they grew up or like some right. kind of artists and ended up going doing other things and one of them's drawing in a sketchbook and the other one can also sketch and then so this sketchbook becomes the core of the thing it's actually the inciting incident for the whole game the whole narrative right. starting um and the sketchbook comes in visually where the the chunks of narrative you get about the relationship is detailed through sketches that sketch themselves on the screen on top of the world in a kind of cool like 3d perspective thing as that's happening so that bit of it is related but how that's related to the scale stuff to the maquette itself to the design of the world like there's there's bits of it which is like oh this house is the first house they moved in together but it's only the inside of this building the outside of it doesn't look like it looks like the rest of the maquette not a real world house um it's it's really weird, and I didn't see a lot of the the joining, the, the like the joining of the narrative. Yeah, the there's puzzles. a connective tissue there that seems missing somehow. And except yeah. when you get like the last quarter of the game is more abstract, but makes more sense narratively. Sure, um, yeah. which is kind of cool, and it looks really good, and it does some really cool, some interesting mechanical stuff. But then the very last section again breaks away from it again. It goes back to the maquette stuff. It's like I just don't get this, and it's 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 bringing up this thing again that like I'm discovering, which is the Kentucky Route Zero problem, which I'm calling yeah. the Kentucky Route Zero problem, which is like yeah, either that one of three things is true: either I'm a fucking idiot and I've just missed something, which is mm-hmm. possible, but I don't think in this case. I don't think that's true. In this case, yeah. not not so much. Or there's some connection here that I just don't understand right which was the thing mm. we talked about with with kentucky Route zero which is like that game works infinitely more if you're if you're subjective to the whims of the american healthcare system right like we've talked yeah, about that yeah. so it doesn't affect me in the same way or it's far too high concept for me and my brain just can't deal with it right now and i started i started writing something about this where like the amount of games recently that have made me feel stupid but in a different way from like, I can't solve a puzzle, as in like, mm-hmm. culturally I feel stupid in a weird way. Yeah, yeah. I've started thinking about something along those lines. Anyway. You feel like you're missing part of us. I feel like, yeah, or, or that I'm not... I like to think that I can see and understand metaphor in this realm, right? Like, we've been playing yeah. games for like, what, 20 years? 25 years? So, yeah. Like, it's... We're pretty used to how games do this stuff and how movies do this stuff and how and all that kind of stuff but there's been a couple recently where i'm just like i I don't know what the problem is either i've missed something or it's bad at this or like i don't have the cultural real Mm -hmm. like thing so actually there's a podcast called oh god what's it called something about eggplants uh (sighs) hold on i'm just pulling up my thing here it's called uh, ah podcasts. Where are you? Uh, oh yeah, it's literally called Eggplant: The Secret Life of Games because it started as a podcast just talking about the design Spelunky. of Splunky. Yeah. yeah, and they started doing and they get guests on and they do like deep dives into the mechanics of, and and design of of various games. And they're doing a three part series on Kentucky Route Zero, and I've started listening to that. And that is very, and these are all like. 
So like Zach Gage is on there, who's like a game designer mm. who does like kind of high concept puzzle games. Like he did, was it Terrible Chess? Is that his game <laughs> or whatever it's called? That sounds right. Yeah, uh, we he took chess and was like, well, if we just fuck all these rules, and it's kind of cool. Um, and there's a bunch of other people on that podcast who are either designers or academics or who study like this stuff. And they spend like I've only heard some of the first episodes so far, and they spend like an hour on the first scene of that game. And I'm like, oh, there is a lot here that if you haven't read these specific books or understand this specific game or have all this history, this is just like, you don't get this, right? Um, That's a whole other conversation. Anyway, like I said, I'm thinking about that stuff. But for this specifically, I don't see, apart from aesthetically with this sketchbook, I don't see what the relationship is between the game and the narrative. And like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just doesn't work for me. I want yeah. that relationship or else why is this a puzzle game? Why is this not just like a visual novel? The one thing I will say yeah. though is that the um, the voice acting is really good. It's um, the, the female lead is Bryce Dallas Howard. Like, oh, right. Yeah. Because um, yeah. it's Anna Partner that published, or published the game. So they have like they do movies right and have all these connections yeah. so they've got yeah they've got an actual actor to do the voice actor but both of both the, the lead voice actors are really good and the dialogue's really well written and delivered really really well but yeah like i say this this connection is a problem um but it's cool it's it's ps plus this month uh so there's no if you've got playstation like it's ps4 and ps5 i think um go check it out like it's a cool three four hour yeah. thing there's there's no harm in looking at it um don't be annoyed if you have to look up a solution. There's a couple of things in there which is like I don't. You should never. You should never be annoyed if you have to do that. Yeah, but there's definitely well. someone that was like, I have zero idea how I was supposed to figure this out. Um, but yeah, it's if it's free, you might as well look up. Um, yeah, sure. What have you been up to? I know there's one thing we both played that we can talk about. But what about yourself? Is there anything? Oh, I don't even remember what that is. But okay. Okay. Um, oh wait, no, I do remember. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I'm still I'm still playing fourteen a lot. Um, yep. you're playing fourteen uh, immediately yeah, before starting this. This yeah. was this was just like I that I didn't even mean that to go that long. I know. It just ended up happening. You get caught up in that stuff. Um, uh, working my way through the like highest raid tier, uh, which is very hard, uh, but quite interesting. It's like incredibly well designed fights. Sure. Um, that are very very difficult and have incredibly unique mechanics that are it's the sort of thing i was talking to you about it where it's like it's the sort of thing where like you can make one mistake and kill like four people yeah. just because you fucked up once and it's it's that level of like difficult rating so we should probably say um, actually like after we left the last episodes like we did i think we said this but we were going to do it immediately where you're like mm, hey i'm mm, going to show mm. you how Final Fantasy 14 works and i sat and watched you do what's the name of that fight i can Eden e- Eden's promise. The, the, it's the it's the fight against Eden. Like it's yeah. the it's the last of the current normal raid tiers. It's... Yeah, and for me, like it looked less like what I expected from like a what I've seen like traditional MMO raids to where yeah. it's closer. Like a it's like a how many people were in that thing? Like ten, eight, eight. eight. Um, it looked like an eight player co-op version of like Fury or like some kind yeah. of like. It's, action it's combat much, game where it is it's it very is, much how 14 handles because there's two tiers of raiding and or there's two types of raiding in 14 there's the normal raids and the alliance raids yeah the alliance raids are a lot more because that's like 28 people or something right. like that right um 
that's a lot more. But yeah, the normal raids are just eight people doing one boss fight, and the boss fight has like loads of mechanics. Mechanics, yeah. But it yeah. was all very much. It so, was much more about positioning and reaction to specific yeah. events as opposed to just being like just like cycling your cycling your Doing powers your yeah, yeah. The, the the 14 does it really well where it's trying to like you have to if, as efficiently as possible do your rotation while trying to handle all these mechanics it's yeah the, that's the whole point totally um but the thing i'm doing now is that the, the the normal raids come out in like blocks of four like tiers of four yeah um which eden is a part of and i'm going back and doing those fights as the savage version which is like the hard mode effectively oh right where, okay. Where there's like no ground markers, you just have to know what the mechanic means and move to it, right. as opposed to it, like you seeing it on the floor. Gotcha. Um, and all the bosses are remixed and have new mechanics and stuff like that. That's kind of insane. Um, it's mental, but it is really it's an interesting process of like you have to practice and like learn these mechanics and then eventually get the clear on the boss. Um, so if you if you don't get like the floor indicators and stuff, are you just reading animations basically at that point? You're yeah, you're you're learning what cast names mean and oh, got you. what how you should react to that. Gotcha. Um this is especially difficult because the fight I'm learning right now is about like shadows. Like it's a big shadow dog that makes mechanics come out from its shadow as opposed to itself and its right. shadow can like move around and stuff. So it's all about it's basically trying to get over your brain tricking itself into being like i know what this mechanic means and it's like actually it's coming from the opposite direction because the shadow is facing the other way right got um it's that sort of thing um it's yeah it's mental um i also like when i'm not doing that i'm like leveling up other classes and it's been really interesting because like so i started leveling up dancer because i i i never expected to but i read what how dancer actually works like in terms of their mechanics and it sounded really interesting okay so i started doing it and every class has like a storyline that you go through and in the dancer storyline you learn you learn not only why you could use dancing as a combat class because it's a ranged D- dps class like it does damage so you not only it, it in universe contextualizes how dancing can do damage and also huh. how dancing is magic and how the act of dancing in this world actually like draws out magical essences from people to make them feel better i mean like, that was weird that was essentially like yuna's job right in 10 sort of she was more about like sending people to heaven effectively right through her like weird sending thing this is about emotion like raw emotion, oh weird okay so that's like go these people feel sad oh so you mean dancers come in so you mean final fantasy 10 too is what you mean yeah, exactly. Yeah, they put on a J-pop concert yeah. and yeah, uh-huh. it's, it's all fine. But it, it, but they like contextualize it in story, and it's mm. actually really well written and makes sense. Right. It's crazy that for this class that is just a dancer, it gets all this like context that is really cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh, the thing, the thing I've played other than the, the thing that we both played, uh, I finally got around to picking up uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, um, okay. So I'd never played that game before because I was just like, I'll wait until it's on sale. And I saw it was on sale for like £15 and was like, that's probably about right. And I picked it up. Sure. Um, so this is a game from like two years ago or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. that seems about right. I want to say two years ago. Um, it is a third person action character action game set in the Star Wars universe with like some Dark Souls mechanics and some Metroidvania mechanics. Yeah. Um, 
it's actually really cool and really well made. Um, so you play you play a guy called Cal Kestis, who is a one of the few Jedi who. This is one thing that Star Wars love doing is suddenly going. Actually, there's this other Jedi that survived Order sixty six. Of course, and, yes, yeah. So Cal is one of these Jedi that survived Order sixty six, basically by like running and hiding and pretending not to be a Jedi, right? Um, and and the the set between episodes three and four, which is the point at which Darth Vader basically just walks around the universe and murders a bunch of Jedi for fun, like that's that's just what happens. Yep, uh, along with his like Inquisitors. So you did get discovered on a like a wrecker planet, like a planet that's just there to destroy old battleships and stuff by the Inquisition as a Jedi, and you get saved by an old Jedi who's like disconnected himself from the Force and said like we can rebuild the Jedi Order. It's kind of like a, a not a typical setup for a Star Wars story, but it is like hey, the Jedi are all gone, but we can save it. Yep, uh, and you do that by going to various Jedi temples all across the. The universe that are in like there's like Kashyyyk and Korriban and a couple of planets that haven't been talked about before like Bagano and stuff like that that are all unique planets to the game and you get there and it is it, it isn't just the combat is very Dark Souls but the exploration of the world is very Metroidvania where yeah. it is because Cal has not been a Jedi for so long as trying to hide it his connection to the force has been weakened so his abilities aren't all intact Right, so, so it is. They've managed to mechanicalize the the idea of learning powers. Yeah, so right. so yeah, the reason the reason that it's a Metroidvania is that you go in and the map has a bunch of places that you just can't get to yet. Between your ability, you not having your force abilities to be like, oh, I can't get over this gap because I can't force pull this like rope to me or whatever it is. Of course, yeah, yeah. and your uh, droid friend uh, uh, BD one who's great, like, he's he's probably one of the best droid companions in a Star Wars thing. Sure. BD-1's awesome. Uh, he also gets upgrades that are to do with exploration as well, where right. he gets, like... So the, 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 this is one of my favourite things. My girlfriend was playing it at the same time as me, and she knows that I know about Star Wars. Yeah. And I got a message one day at work that is just, what the fuck is a scomp link? And <laughs> how do I get one? because okay. it's, it's like a thing that, that you need to like your your robot needs a scump link and scump link is like the thing that you know the thing that R2-D2 has where it's like the little stick that he puts into the wall and like oh, turns sure. around yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a scump link okay and I had to explain that to her and she just messaged me back going you're a fucking nerd and I was like yeah okay. she's not wrong <laughs> but she's yes. not wrong but um, so yeah the, the exploration of the world is gated behind your abilities and BD1's upgrades sure um, so, the, so it is it is the thing I remember hearing about this game, and you kind of mentioned it, was that the map is terrible. Mm. So yeah, BD1's hollow map is really bad. Um, okay. Because it's... it's It gives you... It, it lets you rotate it and go like up and down between um, floors and stuff like that, but it doesn't give enough granularity. Mm-hmm. So like everything... It, it's a very busy map, because even when you go down in floor or like move around and stuff like that all the other bits of the map are still on screen and so get in the way when you're trying to like Uh. look at a really specific thing and you like zoom in on it and try and spin it around you see all the other stuff in the background and it kind of fogs the thing that you're trying to actually look at okay um so it's not a great map does it do the thing that the thing that always gets me in these games is that maybe i just had bad experiences with this and like lesser 
Metroidvania style yeah. games, but like the idea you come across a thing and either two things need to happen. One thing is the character needs to go, I can't do this yet. And the fact that you can't do this needs marks on the map so you can come back and go, oh, I have the thing that does this now. Like, yeah. does it do that? Yes. So okay. if you if you come across a thing that you can't interact with yet, it'll be highlighted on the map as red. Right. And then it'll go to yellow if you get the thing that you need to interact with it. Okay. Um, good. Which good. is a good way of handling that system. Um, yeah, the, it's cool. Like, the, the, the power unlocking thing is really interesting because it's like he remembers his powers in like moments of like stress and he remembers by like having flashbacks to his Jedi training. So you play as like little baby, like Padawan Cal Kestas in the Jedi temple doing Jedi training. Oh, that's cool. Which is, it's it's a cool like flashback sort of thing. And then he remembers like, oh, here's how force jump works. And (laughs) then you can double jump and, or, or like, Oh, I remembered force pulls. So I can pull my lightsaber to me so I don't die and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, so that's all. I actually really like the exploration. There's a lot of like in-world puzzles as well that are all at least like semi-interesting. They're not difficult, but they are like interesting enough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, um, for some reason, the people that built these Jedi temples, which are like this ancient race called the Zepho, that they love switches that you activate by big powered balls. Sure. Like they are like big gyroscope balls with like a battery in the middle of it, and they love big sockets that you put them into. So it's a lot of like pushing this ball around in sure. different ways. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean the thing that's it, easy to replicate the physics of in a video game? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially when you have push and pull powers. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's that a lot, but there there is a lot of exploration that goes around getting into that, which actually I quite like. Um, it's not anything like super special, but it is fun. Like it is, it's cool. a cool thing. Good. Um, and then the combat is a lot more Dark Souls-y, which I, I I don't hate it. I like it more than Dark Souls, but... Um, sure. But the thing, the thing so you don't is, like about Dark Souls is is the everything except... The, everything that's that's attached to the combat. Right? The combat itself is not necessarily bad. It's the fact that, no, like... No, so the, 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 a lot of the thing that I specifically hate about Dark Souls is the combat. I think oh, the, the combat okay. fucking sucks in Dark Souls. Okay. Like, the... The, the the world building and the way the world the map connects and like all that stuff I I super like like that's cool and the world's cool and like all that stuff is just interacting with that game is bad. That's oh, my sorry, with the Dark thing Souls. specifically for me is like I I kind of like the I I think I like the idea of the combat, but I don't like the idea of losing at that combat. So like mm. again, like when you talk about something like um like I like the idea of like big encounters that require precision to be able to pull off yeah. and are yeah, interesting yeah. mechanics, except the thing I don't like is the fact that if you fuck it up, which is very easy to do, you've wasted 20 minutes of your time getting back there and you've lost resources yeah. and all. That's the bit I so don't I, like. I, I don't like that either, but I also okay. just think mechanically the combat's bad. In okay, like, fair enough. I think it, it feels bad to use. Okay. This one is slightly better. That It's a bit more snappy. So you actually, the, a lot of the problem I have with Dark Souls is that everything's really slow and clunky. Sure. Whereas this is a bit snappier, which right. I quite like. Um, it's a lot of you're either fighting small groups of enemies or one really big enemy right um it so it, it, it it's a lot of like tactical stuff of like um using your big attacks at the right moments and like parrying and guard breaking and and but they very quickly introduce uh purge troopers who were um elite forces of stormtroopers who were specifically taught how to fight jedi so has there they, not been like five or six of these over the video game history of star wars not, 
Not really, but they're the the purse trippers are the ones that are specifically like named a lot. There's okay. like Inferno trippers as well, but they were different. They were like a special forces sort of thing. Okay, but fair enough. These guys, these guys were they were a group of elite stormtroopers trained by Vader and the Inquisitors as like here's how to fight Jedi and here's gotcha. how to resist force powers and stuff like that. Gotcha. So fighting them is like many boss battles because they can like resist your pushes and know how to break your guards and like how to like basically fight against you yeah yeah. so they actually end up being like really big roadblocks when you meet one of them so it's kind of cool um i have the problems i have with it are it does do the dark souls thing of like corpse running where if you die you lose all your xp until you go back and fight oh really okay you died to um it's slightly better about it i've not died very often so it's not been that big of a deal um but it does do that thing and then also it has the kind of more in-world universe problem that I have with a lot of Star Wars games where it's like, it doesn't feel like you're using a lightsaber. It feels <laughs> like you're using a, it feels like you're using like a glowing stick. Right. Where if I do a big overhead strike on a guy with a lightsaber, I should cut them in two. Yeah. But I don't. I just take away half their health bar. And I'm like, that doesn't right. feel like you're using a lightsaber. Again, it's really hard to put a lightsaber in a video game and not do that. Yeah, but totally. But the way you get around... It still doesn't feel right. It's, yeah. but I mean, the way you get around it for, for previous games in this thing is like, oh, if you hit like a like a rank and file stormtrooper, like that's one hit and they're gone, right? Like I get yeah. that. But then if you've got these specialized troopers, then they're the ones who have like so fiber blades and stuff like that. And it makes sense. Can... Yeah. So yeah, it makes sense for the purge troopers because they have... Um, the same sort of weapons like the Magna Guard do, like the, the weapons that are covered in like electricity that are designed yeah. to like disrupt lightsabers. Yes. But if I run up to a rank and file, not even a rank and file, like a stormtrooper, like a sergeant stormtrooper <laughs> who has like the arm guard, um, they can still take like two or three lightsaber shots. And it's weird. So, so normal stormtroopers, yeah, you can take them out in one hit, but there are a couple that are like, I, you should just go down when I hit you with this and you don't. <laughs> it's... And it makes no sense. And like animals as well. There are like some animals that take like three hits. Like little rat things take like two hits of a lightsaber. Weird. Like you should just be able to like stab them and they should just die. Yeah. Um, yes, okay. it feels really weird. But like I don't hate the combat. There's a lot of variance in it, especially with like the four, the there's like a combo system that's like the the Devil May Cry style thing where it's all like timing based, where you can mm-hmm. do like hit, hit, pause, hit, or like, oh, okay. three hit or whatever. That's how you do different combos is like timing yeah. and stuff. You also like fairly early on in the game unlock um uh double bladed lightsaber so your mm. lightsaber can flick between one or two so that ends up being like a you can have it on single to do 1v1 combat or blade it to then do like big aoe attacks if you're getting attacked by like a mob or whatever right um and there's a couple of combos you can do that can like switch between them which means you're not spending time hitting a button to do it and then attacking um so yeah, it's it, it's fun. Like it is, it is actually like I'm, I'm surprised how much I enjoy it because it is, the the it is way better designed on the exploration and puzzle front than I expected it to be, and the combat's pretty fun and the story's not bad either. Like it's it's well acted. It's very Star Wars, obviously, sure. but it is it's well acted and um the guy who plays Cal who is um. The Joker and the Gotham TV show. Oh, right, of course, he's also yes. in the US versus Shameless. Yeah, he's good. Like he 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 plays it well. Um, but yeah, it's good fun. Um, cool. I've quite enjoyed what I'm going to play of it. I'll, I think I'm pretty close to the end, so I'll probably finish it. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Cool. 
Um, so we could probably talk about mm. the thing we both played here. One last thing. Oh yeah. Um, I am. This is the new hotness. I am playing Loop Hero. Like, I was going to say that at the end. Yeah. Like. So yeah, as a thing, I'm playing. I need to play a bit more of it before I feel comfortable talking about it, and I will then probably want to record a video. Yeah, on it I was going to say is, we should talk about that. It makes more sense in video, I think. The other, the other thing for me that I also played the uh, the System Shock remake demo. Mm. We should also do the same thing with that. We, I actually want to sure. show that thing That's off because right. it does some some cool stuff. Um, but the thing we both played was the so the demo for Outriders came out last week, yeah. week before, something like that. A couple of weeks ago now, yeah. Um, which like separated from the entire kind of um, the game itself. Mm. This is a really cool thing that they did. Like, doing this demo is a really cool thing, right? So they put mm. out this section, which is, like, the whole prologue and, like, the first main mission and three side missions of this game. Your progression saves, your character saves, and um, it's this big chunk of content that they just kind of put out. and was like, hey, if you like this, here you go. Um, mm. That's cool. Games of this scale should do that because you get a very yeah, good yeah. chunk of you get a very good look at exactly what this thing is and the very, they were very clear when it before it came out of like what the restrictions were on the demo like they said yep. here's here's what like the level limit is here's yep. like the here are that you can unlock four skills and two skill points and like yes there's the ability to get legendary gear and all this stuff carries forward and i like that like the clarity on yes what, did, how, what that demo actually means it does it have the downside the of um like i think it was like yesterday when we were recording this there was a new story that went up that said like people are farming in that game ready for the the real thing to come out and they're gonna have to nerf the demo because people are just yeah scraping that was loot. really funny because i saw i saw there were obviously a couple of people i know that are like i follow about destiny um, yeah. that jumped on this uh jumped on the outriders demo and then i looked at them a couple of days later and they were talking about like here's how to do legendary farm like it was proper like blue or shooter level thing of like here's how to end the demo go about farming for legendaries yep. and i'm like the game is the demo like i don't understand why people are going so far into this but yeah it's if you can carry it over to nuts. the main game that makes a lot yeah sense. sure but then like yeah obviously like you said they found out that that was a thing and uh nerfed it pretty hard to nerf it um, yeah it's interesting right because i'm 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 always on the lookout for so the group uh the group i play with um the four of us who luckily there's four of us that we can do a lot of the co-op stuff that i don't normally get to play and um, we're on the lookout for like something like a kind of low impact shooter to offset the terror that is gtfo so i was mm. looking at this going i wonder if it would even work in that context and then it's like well one as we'll get to it's not great two it's three player mm. it's three player teams um and also like it's just kind of boring like it's too low impact almost yeah it's um, very very low impact instead what happened is one of the guys introduced us to risk of rain 2 and i yeah. left that first session going this game there's something to this game but i don't think the other guys liked it i just had this instinct that like, i mean i don't think the other guys really liked it and then two days later got a message from them where they just screenshotted um steam activity log and it's like this person has logged 60 hours in risk of rain 2 yeah I'm like oh you guys have gone off the fucking I, deep end okay i would have been i would have been shocked if people didn't like it because that game is amazing like that game's really well made it's hard it, it, not to appreciate it it is but, but it's like first session it's super intimidating because you're like what oh, is all of yeah, this yeah, like totally. what does all of it like you know 
Um, but yeah, there was I keep like... looking. Yeah, I keep looking at the the Discord channel every so often and seeing people streaming it and being like, yeah, yeah, they've gotten far. Like they've unlocked like late game characters and stuff yep, like that. They've because, they've yeah. gone real deep on it. I also my this is tangential. My Steam's had a bug recently. It's only happened a couple of times, but it's happened a couple of times where um, activity notifications will get locked so that like so it'll pop up and say like X is playing Y. And then it'll yeah. happen every ten minutes, even though they oh, haven't weird. actually like logged out, and logged back in, or changed games or other stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. As I was giving this dude shit for spending 60 hours in Risk of Rain 2, I was in the middle of some other game and it kept popping up going, X is playing Risk of Rain 2. X is yeah, playing Risk yeah. of Rain 2. And I'm like, you fucker. Okay, sure. Um, so yeah, um, Outriders. I forgot what we were talking about. Um, yes, so for setup, this is the People Can Fly who did Painkiller and what was the other thing they did? Did they do one of the Gears of Wars? I only just remember them as... Yeah, I think they did, but I only ever remember them as the Painkiller team. Painkiller team. Um, yeah. Square Enix published game, and it is basically like, what if Destiny was Gears of War is kind of the closest thing yeah, I can think it's of. Yeah, a third-person third looter-shooter, but it's not like as mmo as Destiny is. It's more no. single-player. It's more. I would say it's more Borderlands than it yes, is Destiny. It, yes, That's... but with like Borderlands with like a Destiny... Mecha- uh, a Destiny kind of loot system on top of it where like yeah, yeah, hey yeah, there's yeah. like a power level and there's a big number that you make go up and there's various mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's that kind of level of stuff um, it's third person it's cover based shooter like in a way that I had forgotten how cover based shooters worked for a while um, yeah. it's very kind of um, stop and pop gameplay um, numbers pop off dudes like damn that, that's it, a fucking buzzword right there that's... yeah I know right um, but like, it it felt very traditional when I started playing it. I was like, oh, yeah. it's one of these. I haven't done one of these since like the last time I played through Binary Domain. Like, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's been a while since there's been like a cover shooter. That's... Yeah, and then conceptually, like the story is not. A... I'm trying to avoid talking about the fact that it's not great by doing yeah. the good parts first. Like the concept is not terrible, right? It's no. It, the, a lot of people said it was idea... like. It was it's it's Mass Effect Andromeda, right? Basically, yeah. The base idea of like the Earth's fucked and they send out colony ships to go in and have it another world, yeah, is not a bad premise for a video game. Yeah, that and is then true. In or- and then in order to re- become the all powerful hero, there's this storm that they call the anomaly that yeah affects that it turns you into what what's the word they altered. Use? Advent? They're called altered. altered that sword, yeah. Um. And then, rather than killing the rest of your squad, which the, the anomaly does, it gives you special powers. Um, you go into so the prologue hap. This is all early game stuff, so we're yeah, not spoiling yeah. anything. Um, the 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 anomaly happens. You get thrown into cryo because you've been injured or you can't quite deal with it. You get thrown into cryo and you wake up like thirty five years later, or you get popped out of yes. cryo thirty five years later, and. Yeah. The colony ship landed despite the fact this anomaly was there and it's destroyed all the resources. They're trapped in this valley and can't get out. The anomaly's keeping them there and everyone, everything has just gone to shit where everyone is just factionalized and is fighting over the yeah. last scraps of a, what they have. They, they realize that the planet they've landed on was supposed to be like this new start for humanity and it's actually just as shit and now everybody is yeah. back to square one of fighting for resources yeah. and all that stuff. So you wake up and they do the, like the fucking end of Metal Gear Solid 5 jeep ride 
where you're stuck yeah. in the back of this thing. It's like, yeah. let me lure at you for a bit while we fuck you up. Um, hey, did you know those guys were evil? Yeah. You know how they like go through a fucking cave of hanging people? And yeah. It's so yeah. on the nose. Anyway, yeah. so that's the setup. It's not a terrible setup, but you basically... No, the, it's not. The game you can kick, do cool things with that setup. Yeah, the game kicks you out into the actual game, the real game, and it's like, okay, here's everything that's set up. You've woken up. Some of the people you already know are, are now in charge of this faction go help and that's kind of the setup for the rest of the game so like mechanically it's yeah so we kind of talked about what it is mechanically it's just i I think that you said it because you played it first and then i was like i need to see this thing for myself it's very generic in a number of ways in terms of Mm -hmm. like art design in terms of story in terms of Kind of in terms of dialogue, except it's somehow oh, kind of worse. I, I was like, going to say I would go further than say that the the writing is not generic. The writing's bad. Like that's yeah. Not, I don't. It, I don't think it's generic. It's just bad. Like well, I mean, like all of the stuff that like all of the story stuff in the dialogue is pretty generic. Where it's like everything's fucked. You're not going to save us. Oh, wait, yeah, you yeah, might yeah, actually sure, save yeah. us. Like that level of dialogue that you get from people is like okay. The story part of it is pretty generic. But the fact that your main... So the thing I don't get about the dialogue in this is your main character has been through a traumatic experience, pretty traumatic experience, woken up 34 years later and the entire mission has gone to shit. But, and I I was playing uh, playing a uh, female character, so I don't know if... I assume the dialogue is the same, but like... I assume so. She just immediately did not give a fuck about anything or anyone yeah the the main character yeah the main character has been through like some bad shit comes out of cryostasis and immediately is just stereotypical action hero where it's like he has they have a quip and they are they're but they're really good with a gun and they don't take shit from anybody but they're also like they've got this funny side and it's like very it's very weird. Like so, it's a very, very strange tone to go for. The one, the one for me that got it is so one of the side. It's not even really a side mission. It's like part of the intro, which is like, hey, the base has a store where you can buy new items, and you go and do the the side mission there, and it's like go talk to Steve, whatever the dude's name is. Yeah, and you go into the you go into this thing that goes into cutscene, and the guy who runs the shop is like stereotypical, like wizened shopkeeper, oh. right? Yeah, it's the racist one. Yeah, that's yeah. the... Uh-huh, right. It's, yeah, the guy that opens the door is, like, your... Um, the 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 very stereotypical image of, like, yeah, like you said, like, the wizened old Chinese master that has, like, the long yeah. moustache and the hat and, like, is, cr- like, hunched over and... Yeah. So you go, you go in there and you, like, you, you see him and, like my thoughts during that whole section just fucking went all over the place you're like really this is the character you're going to put forward okay fine like this is not great but let's see where this goes and he gives you the introduction he's like ah oh, welcome to my shop welcome to my shop and just fucking blam through the head yeah. dead you turn around and something's shot him and you're like wait what and then the person who shot him realizes you're an altered and is like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and then does the whole story about oh i've been contracted to kill this guy and all this kind of stuff and you do all this kind of stuff, and like that's a hell of a series of events that just happened for a number of reasons. And the last mm-hmm. line your character says as you then execute this guy who just shot this shopkeeper, who you've never met yeah. before and has no can it have no connection yeah. to at all. You just execute them, and then you go fucking bad day and walk out, and you're yeah. like, the 
craziest shit just happened. Like, if this was a real story that was well told, like that would be a really good like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, yeah, we are yeah. no, we live in this place where somebody can just walk into a store and execute this old man, and nobody's done it. Like, there's not guards that have descended on it. Like, yeah, it, like, yeah. There's some storytelling you could tell there. Instead, your character goes, "It was a fucking bad day," and leaves, and then goes to hunt down it's, the guy who sent them like it just doesn't make sense it's especially it's especially true where like it's your character has done all that but in the cutscene that's happened 10 minutes beforehand which is the the jeep cutscene right the people who take you out of cryo do basically exactly the same thing they execute yeah. a guy and kick him over the side and your main character is like oh my god what the fuck so, like this is crazy and you're like you just did it like yeah. you did it again 10 minutes later you did that and didn't react like, and actually it's... like the one thing i will say is that scene like that jeep scene when you get popped out of cryo and stuck in the back of the jeep and dropped in no man's land up to the mm-hmm. point where like you choose your class, basically, like that whole section. Yeah. I think that section's actually pretty effective for going. Oh like, no, it's so fucking well, hackneyed. Like yes, it's like but, the but the guys the are evil because they're covered in skulls, and then they go through the so, thing I mean, where there are people I mean, hanging everywhere. And... So, I mean, this is relative to like the quality of the rest of the storytelling, but it's mm. effective in the way of like your character does feel like they're panicking, pretty bad. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, where all sure. these, like yeah, that okay. bit of it makes at least sense. Which is why when you get to the thing and like some wild shit continues to happen, your character's like, ah, fuck it. And you're just like, who are you? Like, so, and then even later, so the next side mission thing you get when you go out into the world is like, you come across a a soldier who's been downed and is like, Mm. what the fuck happened? And they're like, oh, they have this altered commander or there's like levels of altered. It's not important. There's like an altered commander out there who massacred our entire squad. And your character just goes, yeah, sure, I'll fuck him up. And you go and fuck him up and come back. Yeah. And they're like, I fucked him up. And you th- like throw his head on the ground in front of this person and is like, hey, I dealt with that for you. And the person on the ground is like, cool. Like, yeah, do, you want, do, you want, do you want some? And then the conversation literally goes like, okay, do you want medical assistance? And it's like, nah, the medics here will kill me first. And they're like, oh, okay. And then you leave, and you're like, "What was the point of any of that? It's, what was yeah. the point of any of that? It's, it's, oh yeah, it, like all the, of that the, stuff is just bad. It's not. It's not even like I wouldn't say it's like. It kind of is tone deaf, but like it, it's tone less. It, like there's no tone it, to. I was no gonna say. I was gonna tone. say it. It fluctuates so wildly in tone that nothing ends up meaning anything anymore. Where they go from like this super serious melodrama scene of you with the the person who runs the the area that you're in talking about how oh shit we're running out of food and there's all these gangs everywhere everything's really fucked to scene of you executing a guy and then also that thing where you just throw the head in front of the guy and says yeah whatever and walks away like Like, those are all big things to have happened and your character doesn't react and yet every other character in the world is like oh my god we're all so fucked and you're the one one for me like there's there's a narrative way you could do this, right? You could have something about the fact that, like... And maybe this is where the story goes. I don't know. I'm giving it a lot of credit here. But, like, the idea yeah. of, like, when the anomaly hits you and you gain powers, there could be something in there about the fact that, like, it messes with your brain. It's actually, like... Oh, that could, that's it's so some, easy, though. Totally. Like, but, like, they yeah. would have solved that problem where you're like, this is still dumb, but at least it makes sense. But the idea that your character would go and solve this problem for somebody they've never met... And by not yeah. only solve the problem, but the level of savagery of like 
I'm going to I'm going to decapitate this person and throw the like that's a level that's a level above what yeah. your character has that's, done. That, that's vicious, like that. And is, also, yeah. like as you're going up to that fight, which is like a mini boss fight. As you're going up to that fight, I, I can't. I think it was right, but my character was like, "Oh, I should probably take his head back to make sure that she knows." I'm like, "Yeah, nobody asked you to do that. Like, you could just say yeah. I did it, and it's fine." Like, there's just, oh, it's all. It, it, yeah, it's it, there is there are some weird logical leaps happening in the main character's brain that I don't. I don't like, get that either. Where like, yeah. I should take the head back. It's like. You immediately go for like you could be just a savage and take back like a finger yeah, or something a like hand. that, like a hand or something, something, or yeah, anything. But you immediately went, nah, it's got to be the head. Like yeah. it's got to decapitate this guy, otherwise they won't believe me. And yeah. like, who the fuck, like who thinks like that? Like that's not a human way of thinking. Like yeah. it's insane. And again, you could you could narratively do stuff like that where it's like. That you could throw that head down and go, "Hey, I dealt with them." And the the other the person who you're theoretically avenging could go, "Dude, what the fuck?" Like, there's yeah. who the fuck does that? Yeah. Who does this? Like, there's ways you could do it. They just chose the easiest or like least consistent path mm-hmm. the whole time. Um, and like, if you look at stuff like, like, I, I do not think that it is controversial to say that they have looked at Destiny and gone, "Hey, we can do. We want this as a template, right?" Like, a lot of it sure, is based yeah, on that absolutely. template. And you look at how Destiny does that kind of storytelling. And I don't like the way Destiny does storytelling, but in terms no, of nobody like, does, it's bad. Like, but like yeah. in terms of like minute to minute narrative and like delivery of lines and lore and stuff in the cutscenes yeah, there, yeah. the way you do that is you have characters like Eris Morn who are super serious, like very dark, very much like we know about the lore. You have yeah. you have your um who's the guy that does the crucible? Um Shacks, uh, who is like very to the point and very kind of like honorable, and yeah. like he does that thing. And then you have or had Cade, who is like yo Nathan Philly and get some comedic. And you can throw all those characters together, and you can get all of the different shades of narrative that you want, right? Like yeah, Cade can, yeah. Cade can crack a joke at Eris, and it all works for, because you're... for being so serious and it makes sense exactly. And, yeah. and it all and you get all the bits of a story that you want from something that is going to take hundreds of thousands of hours of your ga- of your life away, right? Like, that all yeah. makes sense. In this, though, like, they don't have, or they have not introduced so far, enough characters with enough different opinions or approaches to this stuff where they can do that. So what happens no. is, all of this horrific shit happens, your character flips the middle finger and walks away. And you're yep. just like, it's just, it's just bad. It's and people, just bad. And people don't call out on it. Yeah, like, exactly. Just, say that yeah that's fine like, of course like they're an altered who the fuck knows and also like yeah, yeah the idea that like that was the other part of that conversation which was like so it's very quickly established that altered are in fact i think they explicitly say that like altered are renowned as basically gods of this world right because they have all Pretty these powers much, yeah. and um the 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 standard your standard civilian is like i can't compete with this and they kind of look up to these people and they establish early on there's this other altered who is like theoretically on your side but seems to have his own plan and uh and all that kind of stuff for the the fact that you are theoretically altered and theoretically a god among men for this other like rank and file soldier to go like who the fuck are you just also is not consistent like they should be in awe of you or at least scared of you or something right like you see you can you can like summon fire out of your hands yeah just like what the fuck or like in my case like so like i had the technomancer so i can make turrets out of nothing right like that's the yeah. like and like dude i can punch people and turn them to ice like i can do some pretty cool shit but no but 
they establish that people are scared of you, but nobody is scared of you. And like, yeah, not at all. Yeah, it feels like they shortcutted a bunch of establishing. Like that entire first chapter should basically be establishment while your character is just panicking the fuck out yeah, constantly. Totally, yeah. Um, so the one thing I will say, like mechanically, um, so there's three three classes, four classes, four classes, four classes, um, and like they have they have their own tech trees, and you put points into powers and all this kind of stuff. And the the two things I kind of liked mechanically about that stuff was that some of the items you'll pick up, so like blue items up, have mm-hmm. uh, side effect, uh, not side effects. They have modifiers that will modify powers so like i had a a a piece of armor that modified my poison bullets to last longer my power which is poison bullets to last longer like that kind of stuff is kind of cool and also the idea that one of the class abilities you have is how you regain health which is kind of cool so there are no health packs i don't think in this world no every every class has its own unique way of gaining health so for the technomancer it is literally like kills get you health basically is it kills i thought the technomancer thing was just you have lifesteal so like damage you sorry do yes damage so yes yeah. damage translates into health back so like yeah. if you play as i do where you're like you're hanging back anyway and using a sniper rifle like you're generally okay until people get right up on you and then you're kind of mm. kind of fucked um mm. so each one of the each one of the classes has their own way of getting health back that is a cool mechanic i like that that was a smart way of doing yeah i i I thought that was cool as well there are some that are way better than others like the tank class basically fucking never dies yes but as a tank yeah you would expect yeah well but that's but that's the thing that they never die but also deal infinite damage so it's like there's no it's really hard to get class distinction at that point where it's like that that person is really tanky we can't kill them also they kill us in one hit like what the hell is that like that's the but it's it's you also want diversity in your classes. Like you want totally. a damage class and you want a time but it class. Also, and like, yeah. But it's one of those things which is also like obviously like as a generally good it is generally good idea. But once you start tying it to excuse me, once you start tying it to the destiny style progression plus the gears of war style combat, yeah, you have to be. In order to get health back, you have to be aggressive, right? You cannot do the gears of war thing and just yes. sit and cover and take people out right because you're gonna get fucked up right and actually the yep. enemy ai was pretty good and what i played at like flanking you and like getting right up in your face and being like well yes we want to kill this person and um especially the boss like the bot the, the boss fight we're talking about where you remove the guy's head like that's a pretty yeah. difficult fight because yeah. it's a relatively mm-hmm. small area there's not a lot of cover the main character ha- the, the the boss you're fighting has like a pretty heavily damaged thing that will follow you around the room like it's a complicated fight that you yeah. have to basically keep moving in order to be able to do in which case why is it a cover shooter if you can never take cover and most of the times i was taking cover the enemies were using grenades and flushing me out of that cover very so, yeah, quickly i was also i was also as a point of this um the cover system fucking sucks so yep. I it's don't, also not good yeah like it's it, like things that you think you should be able to snap to and go to cover you can't yeah things that you don't think you should be able to are and it it the distinction between what is covered and what isn't is very bad totally. but then also it's kind of unrequired like the you gain health back very readily with a lot of abilities like i was playing pyromancer and you gain health back super easily so there's no point in taking cover basically ever yeah and so i don't get why it's a cover shooter but yeah. you know but again this is like a demo so i don't know how like 
they might change stuff before it gets released or whatever. But that game uh, comes out in two weeks. Like yeah, like they. But, so yeah, I don't. I don't think the cover will be better in two weeks. Yeah, like yeah, they've designed all those encounters already. Like the, the the core of the system is like you need to be a great. You need to be aggressive, but also you can't sit behind cover in this cover shooter. Yeah. Like it reminded yeah. me a lot of. Um, there was a moment at, when I started having combat, which is like this is a faster, more fluid division. Like it reminded me a lot of division, actually. It, this yeah, game. sure, that's that's um, probably an okay thing to draw, and especially because like, it has the thing where you can point at cover in front of you, hold down A, and you'll run to that cover and, and like roadie run, and stay yeah. covered. Like that kind of stuff is pretty good. But once you start getting enemies who are like they will run up on you and do a lot of. Uh, melee damage or they'll just throw grenades to flush you out and as soon as you get flushed out if there's enough other people there you'll just get hosed very quickly and you're yeah. like okay yeah, fine yeah. Um, it just feels inconsistent it feels like a bunch of it feels like a bunch it, it, it kind of feels the way I felt about um, what was that other game that I was talking about that I felt like it wanted to be Destiny but wasn't I can't remember I, I mean I, I keep coming back to the other one I keep coming back to is um Youngblood, like Wolfenstein Youngblood, which is like, they, oh, knew, sure, they yeah. knew what type of game they wanted to make, but then didn't understand the game they were making, where it yes. felt like they wanted to be, okay, we want the division that looks more like Destiny in a sci-fi world, but also, like, is a bit more gritty and dark. And you're like, well, yes, but you need to resolve all of these problems and how all these things work yeah, together. Sure. Yeah. And they just haven't, it feels very kind of sporadic and not quite gelling. Um... But like, yeah, that game comes out soon. Soon, it'll be interesting to see what the pickup on it is. Is it on? Yeah, everything? I. I can't. I can't say that it did any favors for me. Like, I only like um, tangentially was looking at it anyway. But then one of my friends was like, oh, "I'm going to try this demo out." So I tried it with him and was like, "Yeah, you've not convinced me to buy this game." Like, that's. I'm just not checking. Really good job. Is this game? I'm looking at the Steam page now. Nope, it's a fifty quid game. Okay. Yeah, it's full price. Like, it's uh, I wanted to make sure, like, if it was like a thirty quid thing, you'd be like, okay, well, maybe there's maybe there's something in there, and um, but no, apparently not. Um, nope. Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. It's not good, but it's fascinating. It's not. Yeah, it, it's. I'll be interested to see what happens with it in the future. That's yeah. the. It's such yeah. a. The thing I will say is like it's such a big gamble, right? Like you. you oh, watch, absolutely! Yeah. You watch games like this, like any time a game like this comes out, or actually any game where. Like I, it does not feel outside the realms of possibility. You could solo that game. Like I mean, we we both did it no, right as the, as the thing. So like, you could solo that game. But games like that are designed to be like the three player like co op things, and especially yeah. in a game like that where it's like you need not only do you need a player base, you need consistent content, you need get consistent support. You need yeah, you need variety. Yeah, it, need, it's yeah, a live game, right? It needs to be live. Yeah. And at what point, if you don't get immediate pickup on this thing, or like a reasonable amount of people picked up, and you're not committed to it, like the game dies, like almost immediately. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, it dies on launch at that point. Yeah, and Square Enix are not great. Well, they're not only are they not great at it, they're great at deflecting. Like, it started as a joke, but then became scarily true, where Square Enix will pick games from their square square, games from their enix division like their western division that they will blame for problems with the more the 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 square side of it so like 
when they were talking like, yeah, Shadow of the Tomb Raider didn't do well because it didn't sell 7 million copies. And you're like, it was never going to sell 7 million copies. Yeah, that's not what that game is, yeah. Yeah, but that's where you're putting your blame rather than the poor decisions you made on these other games. Like, that is a thing that happens. So the idea of this thing that is going to need a consistent, reasonably sized budget to continue and retain players where Square Enix just occasionally will kill shit, you're just like, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot of life in this. We'll, we'll see. Um, cool. I think that's everything. Um, yep. We currently go to break. Um, I have chosen. Uh, I tried to look up because I thought that the new episode of Necrobreast that had new music in it, but I couldn't tell what was new and what wasn't. So mm. I think this is. I don't think this is new, but there's a couple of scenes in it where the song is important. So I'm going to do that. So this is. Uh, Duet. It's called Duet from the Necrobarista original soundtrack. Uh, check the post for links where you can buy that. And we'll be back with some news after this. Duet from the Necrobrista original soundtrack. Soundcheck, soundtrack. Check the post for links so you can pick that up um, and go check out that game. I'll say it every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so news again. It's been almost a month since we've done this, so there's a lot of small stuff um, that we can bash out pretty quick. Um, Kingdom Hearts is coming to PC. Yeah, kind of it's nowhere. already on PC. I think. It's now out. Yeah, uh, March third. Yeah. No, March thirtieth. It comes out. Oh, okay. I thought it was out. No, no, yeah. no. March thirtieth. Uh, exclusive. Yeah, they put Epic. all of the they put all of the collections on Epic yeah. Store. So I, I was going to say I'll tell you what's in it, but also these words are terrible. It's one point five, two point five remix, two point eight final chapter, uh, three remind and melody of memory. Yep. So everything basically. That sounds, it's that. That, right. That's, that. That is everything. That's all. That is it. basically everything. Um, no idea about like. Like it's running at 4K, like no, no details idea, about yeah. any of that kind of stuff. But it is epic. I would explosive. hope. I would hope at least 60 frames a second. That would be cool. But, you would hope, yeah. but like, especially since like there's like Kingdom Hearts One, which was like a PS2 game. Like you'd hope that. Yeah. My my worry is that like yeah, like the fact that one of them is, a, is like a PS2 game. Like PS2 games don't port well. So unless they're doing some True. bizarre yeah. emulation thing. In software, I mean, they could use the they could use the like the remasters from like PS3 or whatever. Like, it's... true, uh, yeah. Again, those ports are are not yeah, great. Those depends. Um, what else we got here? Um, that's a big one. Uh, Destiny uh, news where they talked about changes. Um, which oh, you can yeah, talk the... to basically that they're saying. The big new seasonal changes. Yeah, yeah they're not sunsetting weapons anymore. Um, yeah, so that's that's the big one is that they've they've doubled back on sunsetting and are yeah. saying that 
Um, it's kind of weird because like the the reasons that they gave as to why they're getting rid of sunsetting are the same reasons that people said why they shouldn't have implemented sunsetting in the first place, which was like it means that your guns aren't. It's not that your guns don't have meaning, it's that your guns end up being useless after a while, so like you do all this grind and then they end up being useless, so what the fuck's the point? Like yeah, yeah. you don't you then don't get a connection to your guns, like all that sort of thing, which was fair enough, I can understand that. Um but then but then you counter that by saying, Well the stuff that everybody said as to why sunsetting's a good thing is still also true, where like if all these guns exist in the same space, balancing becomes an issue and like you end up with well, these, the, the same point, problems they were trying to solve, right? Like, yeah, which is, like, which is then like, why, why then start using other guns when you have the guns that you have in the, but you had from the beginning? Like, for example, like for example, the the gun that I use the most, like my go to primary, is this uh, pulse rifle called Cold Denial. That's not gonna rotate anymore. So I'm like, okay, why would I ever use anything else when I have this perfect gun that I really like using? And and it manipulates the gun design space and all that stuff. The only thing that they said to counter it was like, yes, we're going to get better about managing, like balancing guns and balancing the overpowered shit, which is also another reason why people wanted sunsetting because it meant that you weren't using the same three guns over and over and over again because they were exactly. the best, quote unquote. Exactly. Um, they are being very clever about skipping out on uh, doing it in such a way as saying that all the guns that currently can be raised to max light level will continue to be able are, to reach back are, going to, are going to be the ones that don't sunset so you quite luckily skip a whole bunch of stuff that was wicked overpowered and therefore is not going to be in sunset stuff like your mountaintops and all that stuff that is yeah. not going to come back so that kind of helps balance out the space as well yeah it's it's really interesting Like it it, it, it makes a lot of sense but at the same time I think that sunsetting also wasn't as bad as people were making out. Yeah. So, but the, the it's not a quote in this Verge article, but they're talking about it. They they talk about it as a sunsetting experiment, which was not the read I got from. It they, said, it sounded like they had this as a very a, well thought out plan, and then yeah, went, oh, so shit. It, it's weird. It's weird to call sunsetting an experiment when it was such a big change that got implemented to the game for multiple seasons that. They clearly wanted this to be a system. Like it, it, it was, it was designed and implemented, and it's not insignificant. And yeah, now totally. they are like, they're back. Okay, let's not do that and revert it. Like that's like, and like it, it must be a lot of work to both put that system in and then take it out again. Yeah, right. Like, like in one, in so one, I don't know why in one half, like I suppose that. it's good that they're listening to players, but also like, yeah, like I don't see how you would make that change without anticipating this as a reaction and having yeah, absolutely yeah. stuff to deal with it. Um, it, it, it is better that they are doing it as like a from now stuff doesn't sunset yes. because if it was if it was just we're removing sunsetting people would have been fucking pissed like people would have like dusted guns and stuff like that the people but... yeah i spent i spent multiple sessions of just dusting weapons that i knew wouldn't work anymore really good guns as well like I, I i i dusted like my favorite gun ever and it was really sad. So if they came back and said, actually, we're going to get rid of Sunday, I would have been mad. But yeah, you know. I bet. Um, they also there's also, there's about, also like, a, yeah, sorry to go. They also talked about um, Fall of Glasses coming back as part yep. of um, Big season. With a master difficulty level, uh, they're overhauling mm-hmm. Trials of Osiris. They're changing. Oh, yeah, that was that was fucking wild as we'll well. We'll come back to that. That was, the, that was yeah. the other story here. Um, do 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 uh changes to darkness based stasis subclasses 
Yeah, so the, to, the stasis to tone down people... its dominance against human opponents. Yeah, so the the main problem with stasis is that it was super overpowered in PvP. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. So they're trying to scale it back for PvP um, stuff. And then they're um, saying that uh, every minor season expansion has a ten power level jump as opposed to fifty to make yes, it easier for which players. Is way better. Like yeah. if they if they implemented that this season, I probably would be playing more because I'm I kind of like taking a break this season. Like I'm not super sure focused on it. But if they said it was only 10 instead of 50, I probably would have done it. But yeah. yeah. So they're saying 10 instead of 50, so the grind's not as bad. If you go to pinnacle level, it means that you start the next season already at the pinnacle right. grind. Right. So you skip the initial bit. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So I, I think that's smart. I don't know why they started increasing it between seasons because it was initially 10 before they started it. Uh, oh, yeah, it was. Huh. Yeah. So I don't know why they changed it, but I I agree with them that the minor the minor seasons probably shouldn't be that much of a grind. But yeah, yeah. So um, the other, the other thing that we alluded to was the trials of Osiris get shut down because holy fucking shit, yeah. This, because there's some not technically cheating, but like I don't know what the word is of, for this. So it kind of is. It, it, it sort of is. It's wind trading, which is technically cheating. Yeah, but so. So very quickly, like Sirens of Osiris, since it's been implemented in SD2, it's a very old mode where it is the the pinnacle of PvP combat. You get a card which has which you play specific, very focused, hyper focused competitive PvP mode until you get seven wins or three losses, and you get scaled rewards based on that. Yep. And you get even higher if you do seven wins without losing a game. That's like a flawless win, and that's got its own special thing. Um, it was in D1, it wasn't in D2 for the longest time, so they brought it back into D2, and since then it has been a fucking absolute storm of, oh we broke Trials of Osiris again because of this bug, when it's not broken people complain that it's not worth it because the rewards aren't as good, like it's, Trials has been a mess in D2 yeah. basically. So basically, and the latest one. Yeah. So what seemed to happen was, and this is coming from Forbes, the second best place to get Destiny news, apparently. Yeah. Paul Paul Tassi does the Lord's work when it comes to yeah. reporting on Destiny stuff. Like he is so good that yeah. So basically, what happened was the mode was. Uh, so basically, seventy percent of all of the flawless runs on Trials for Cyrus over a weekend ha- had um, zero to five kills for the entire run. So you have to win. Yep. Was it like best of three? No, best of three, best or of first five, of, I think. Best, best of five. So yeah. a lot of them were. I don't know. I don't play trials, so I yeah. can't. Yeah. So there's this. There's this. I don't know. Maybe you can fill me in. There's this Twitter account called Trials Report, which is like yeah. assembles all the data from the trials. Yeah. For every every reason. week they give you like a data dump of like here's all the stuff from yep. trials this week. So yes. this is from February twenty eighth. Um, according to our data, nearly fifty percent of the players entering trials went flawless on PC this week, which seems a bit high. So we looked into it. Turns out of the twenty three thousand flawless PC players so far. 48% of them have zero kills. Yep. And and 69% of them have five or less. So this mm-hmm. this started pointing towards some kind of something that like that's outside the realms of possibility, like randomly. Like yeah. there's something. Like, like statistically there. that doesn't make sense. There is something impacting the data at that yeah. point. That is, yeah. So basically it's sounds like people are doing win trading, which is this yeah. interesting thing. It's is it is a fascinating way to exploit a bug and it, it took People were doing it in secret, and then so I, I one, have guy, the steps one guy. Here, if you if you want to know what is involved in this, so yeah, well, I'll, I'll, you, we'll go through the steps. Yeah, but yeah. The, the preamble to this is like so: the week before, trials was already fucked. The week before, because um, there was a 
you get you get specific rewards for three wins, five wins, and seven wins that are guns specifically. And the guns out of trials are really good. So there are some situations where one of the best guns goes on three wins, but then they it was bugged to the point where people were basically just like jumping off the side of the cliff at the start of the match to then lose yeah. and then just get free rewards. It was weird. So the week before, there was already a fucked thing in place, but they fixed that. New week starts, this data comes out, and everybody goes, what the fuck? And then this guy, I can't remember the guy, put out a YouTube video going, here's what happened in Trials. And explained the whole thing. Yeah. Explained the whole thing in like a 25-minute video. This had been happening for days at this point in Trials, like maybe two days, because I think it was on the Sunday that it got spoiled so yeah if you want to go through the steps yeah so literated refers to it as the china casino method which i don't know if that's yes. a reference to something i, I don't know I, I think it's like i think it's like a known gambling thing i can't right. remember what it is but yeah. so here's how you do this yeah and in some of these terms you're gonna have to explain to me so ha- oh, yeah. hacky hack is a yes. manufacturer of guns in destiny right yeah hacky hacky so you use two hacky upgrade emblems and one normal emblem as a team so yeah so Teams would go. Teams would go into trials with the the player emblem, so like your banner background. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Two of them. If you were if you were signaling to people that you were doing this, two people would have the hacky emblem, which is like one of the easiest emblems to get, so everybody has it. Yeah. And one person who didn't. Okay. That was the signal to say we want to do this. We want to do this. The person not using yeah. the hacky is a messenger. You play yes. on a you play on a burner card. What's a burner card? So a burner card is um, you have two characters and you have one character that you actually want the gear on and one that you don't. Okay. Both have a card, which is the thing you need to get into trials. Oh, you need like yeah. a token or something to be able to get actually. Yeah, so it's called, it's called a card. Right. Your burner card is the card that you don't mind losing on. So you just, okay. you accept the loss on that card and you burn it and get another okay. one. So you play on a burner card and have a character ready with an actual card. When you yes. match a team... So, this is the, so, you, so you, the character you don't care about has the burner card, the character you do care about has your actual trials actual card. card on it. Okay. When yeah. you match a team doing the two-hacky emblem strategy, you send a friend request to the one who isn't using it. So that's yeah. the messenger person. So your your two messengers friend request each other on Steam. Yeah. Once they're a friend, you send them a Steam message saying a random number between one... Oh, slash random so, one yeah. to ten. So, yeah. Steam, apparently, I didn't know this. Steam I didn't know this either. messenger yeah. has a implemented dice roller yeah. so if you just slash roll and then one to whatever number you will roll a dice that will give you that random number back yeah. it will so randomly choose a, yeah yeah it will randomly choose a number in that range the team with the highest number wins lowest number loses yeah if you're then the highest number team two people change characters to their to their main card and join back on the teammate to get the win so can you rejoin yeah. te- teams t- can so you log out and log back was, in this was the bug you're not supposed to be able to do that you are oh. if you if you leave a trials match it's supposed to count as a loss but it wasn't so what these people were doing is if you were on the winning team you would log you would switch characters to the character you actually wanted to win on join the game back on the friend that is the messenger right you basically basically the team that loses sits there and lets the other team do their whole swap character thing because you'd have to like do it like one at a time or two at a time or however long it would be yeah. until that entire team has their real characters on board Right. Then you would play a, a play, quote unquote, yeah. a round of trials where the losing team would just jump off the edge constantly until let the other team win. Yeah. They would yeah. then swap back to their burner account, set up, go again. That's the So so it's a bug so you're not supposed to be able to rejoin in trials, no. but it's a bug. If you, if, you, you, if, you, if, you, if you leave trials, it's supposed to count as a loss and you're not supposed to be able to rejoin. I think, okay. as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um 
All this centers on the rejoin. Me- this is from the Forbes article. All this centers on the yeah. rejoin mechanic, which is meant to allow for some grace for teammates who accidentally disconnect to be able to return to a game and yeah. force so them to yeah. lose. There is a grace period where if you like DC or something like that, if you like disconnect or lose internet or something, the game crashes because the game crashes all the fucking time. <laughs> right. Um, there is a grace period that lets you back into the game where it says like, okay, this is obviously a fault. Yeah, that's maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe that that's appears to be how they're, they're doing it. It's not yeah. a, it's not a bug. They're just taking advantage of the grace period where they yes. can disconnect and reconnect really quickly. Yeah. That appears to be what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so all of this was happening, and basically there was a bunch of five zero runs, seven zero, sorry seven zero um, trials runs happening. That yeah. is this weird combination of like it the the game being the game the game itself being broken enough where people want to cheat at it to get the content because they don't actually want to yeah. do it properly. Yeah, a bunch of side like third. I'll point. I'll point out people don't want to. I, people don't want to do it because trials is an awful place. Like right. trials is terrible. The, sure. the, the way that you have to play in Trials is so not fun. Right. That, like, that's why I don't play it, because it's just monstrously unfun. Yeah. But there are, people that, there are people that get a kick out of that sort of how you play that game. Yep. But then also, the rewards are really good, and people want the guns, because it's Destiny, so of course they want of the guns. So this is, this is a way to get the guns without having to do the thing that you don't want to do. Totally. And they would have also, and also, it feels like most of them would have got away with it as well if it wasn't for these pesky Twitter accounts, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Tracking all these this data and then working all this stuff out, which is yeah. great. Like, that's awesome that this is happening, but like, wow, that's elaborate. It's a, it's a yeah, it's a, it's a weird combination of this, this apparently exploitable system and then the, the player base sort of naturally blooming around it. Like, they discovered their own language, like, how they would communicate this stuff to each other so that it didn't look weird. And, yeah, it's really weird. Because, obviously, if you, you you were on a burner account with the two hacky emblems or whatever, and you encountered a team that just wanted to play Trials, yep. that's why you had the burner account, because you could take that loss and it fucking wouldn't matter, because you're not going to win on that account anyway. So, it's... That's the whole point. Like, they developed this whole... Their own system that had this, like hidden language and communication method and like the guy the, the video that, that explained this all it started by that guy saying like yeah I just wanted to play Trials and when we started killing them the guy messaged them being like what the fuck are you doing like it's right. there is this hidden code behind the Trials universe that has now been exposed so like the um, interesting thing is how do you how do you find I out about know. it right because you can't, because you, you can't you just need- dump it on Reddit because it'll immediately get picked up and fixed right yeah yeah, like that's the thing. It just happened in the shadows for ages until this guy made a video, and now do we have any idea how long it's been going for? Know. I have no idea. Like Weird. potentially for as long as the grace period got introduced, sure. which was like a couple of seasons ago. So I've got yeah. no idea. But um, the problem you then have is like fixing it because you can't. You need the grace period because there was a problem. There is a problem with instability in Destiny where the sure. server just fucks and like disconnects everybody or whatever it is, and. Trials people more than anybody got super mad when they were on like their game six of their flawless card and then would get beavered and kicked out the server. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. You need to have some grace period, but you also need to have it where you can't do this shit. So I don't know what it is where it's like maybe every character gets a unique token that means that they can only reconnect to that game or no idea how it works. But yeah. it seems like a thing that would be weird to fix. Yeah, but, totally. Like it's not an easy fix because yeah. everything's working as intended. So yeah. Interesting. Um, 
Cool. So there's that. Um, this is a super interesting and kind of fucked thing. So do you remember Journey to the Savage Planet? It was a game yes. from middle last year. I really year. wanted to play that game. Yeah, yeah. me too. Um, I wanted to at least see it. So series of back, series of table setting for this. So that game came out on like consoles and PC. It mm-hmm. then came out on Stadia. Stadia bought or Google bought the studio to mm-hmm. continue to make further things. And then, as we reported last time, they killed all their internal... Did we talk about that last yeah. time? That was last time yeah, we, we talked did. about this, Yeah, right? we did, yeah. Um, Stadia killed all their internal development studios, including the studio that developed Journey to Savage Planet. Let them go. When that game hit Stadia, there is now a bug in that game where sometimes the game will currently freeze on the main menu and make it completely unplayable. Great. They cannot fix that bug because they've let the development studio go... Google own all the codes and the publisher can't, the previous publisher who's 505 can't do anything about it because Google owns all that code. Yeah. So there's currently this giant bug that's stopping people from playing this game. Mm-hmm. And the reason it can't be fixed is because Google killed all the internal studios without thinking about it, without thinking about this stuff. Yeah. And because it's Google, they probably don't give a shit, right? They don't really care. So yeah. this is from the Eurogamer article talking about this. Um, asked if this. Uh, asked if this meant the game was broken permanently a 505 games representative stated that Google had acted as publisher for the game Stadia and since its developer Typhoon Studios was now part of Google it was only Google who could fix the problem um, somebody said uh, Grace from Google I don't know, is a Stadia community manager um, we're actively working with our partners to identify a fix and I will do my best to pass updates along but basically yeah. like I don't know who does that and also is that a Google priority this one game from a thing where they don't care about internal development anymore probably not probably nice. not um yeah. so yeah well played google yeah. um this happened uh actually did this happen oh yesterday yeah day before we recorded this um so do you remember watch dogs legion yeah remember that, game? that game was not good yeah that game was not great um that multiplayer game version mode still is not out oh yeah right i forgot about this right yeah. remember there was gonna be a whole multiplayer mode with like yeah there was gonna be a whole thing yeah co-op and raids and stuff like that um so they basically put a post up on their twitter which basically said the following um we're excited to see new recruits in london blah blah, blah. The online mode of watchdog legion launching on march 9th before we launch we want to make you aware of a few things that have just come to our attention so again this is this came out on the 6th when you're hearing this uh, or it came out in the 6th uh, and the game is supposed to launch the day you're listening to this theoretically mm-hmm. we have identified an issue in the PC version that can cause the game to crash for players with certain GPUs we're working on fixing the issue as quickly as possible and in the meantime we made the decision to wait until wait to launch the PC version until this is fixed and we'll communicate the new launch date as soon as possible so it's currently indefinitely suspended <laughs> until they can Great. fix this bug we have yeah. also identified an issue that can cause the game to crash on during the tactical op. Tactical ops are like their big raid high level things mm-hmm. for this multiplayer mode. Therefore, we've made the decision to launch it on Xbox, PlayStation, and Stadia on March 23rd. PlayStation 4 right. and 5 will have limited in-game text chat launch, and we're working on a fix for this, which will be coming on March 23rd as well. We're committed to delivering sure. the best experience to all players and working diligently to address the issues outlined above. So, when I first read this, I was like, oh, okay, so... PC's fucked and Xbox, PlayStation, Stadia are being delayed. So that thing is not actually coming out on March 9th then? 
Because they no, don't actually, I guess not. they don't actually say that anywhere. Like they don't say we have delayed the launch till March twenty third because of these issues with the console. So maybe they're talking about just tactical ops won't launch it on the ninth, and tactical ops know. come later. Yeah, I, I don't have know. no idea. But basically, so the multiplayer is not coming to PC at all, and have not they've not figured out a solution to that problem yet. So they've delayed that indefinitely, and the high level content for that game is not coming until the twenty third, apparently. Also limited in game text chat, which is like, which is one of those things, which is like, how does a what? How do you get that bug? Like, where does that bug come from? I don't know. It's bizarre. But anyway, so yeah, I forgot that game existed. I forgot that game had a multiplayer, and I forgot what was involved in the multiplayer of that game. Yeah, it turns out it doesn't matter. I mean, you and a lot of people it. forgot that that thing was yeah, supposed to have right. multiplayer. So yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to come out with the game, but then got pushed, and then has been pushed again. Apparently, it turned out. Um, and then. Dead by Daylight announced their new season with possibly yeah. the best killer they've ever announced, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, best best original killer. Yeah, that's best original yeah. killer. Sorry. Um, so the new killer is the trickster, who is a K-pop star who turned from the artistry of music to the thrill of murder. This is from the Kotaku. Yep. Or, eh, sorry, from the Polygon mm-hmm. article. Um, and there's the new survivor is Yunjin Lee, who is the trickster's old producer, who is now caught in the realm along with her former colleague. Um, so did you can throw rapid fire throw knives which is cool yep. mm-hmm. um, yeah I watched we watched I think we both watched some streams of people playing it it's on the yeah. PTB right now it looks interesting mechanically um, yeah also it's cool watching it's people... the, the, the knives are like weirdly like made out of glass or something like it's a strange yeah. thing but yeah um, it's cool design also, also watching people I think it's the first killer that um, introduced the game that the internet has got thirsty for where oh, yeah. specifically there was a I think it was them I think it was Dead by Daylight I think it was the developers actually that put up a a Twitch highlight reel of people reacting to so for people who don't play the game when you choose to play as killer the perspective of the main menu changes where you're like behind the shoulder of the killer watching the survivors at a campfire yeah the new animation for the killer in this um, basically has them turn around to look something and then look directly down camera and wink yeah. Um, and they, they put together a Twitch highlight reel of people freaking out as the character winks directly at them, which no other yeah. character does in that game. Nope. Um, the, closest, the closest you get is um, Ghostface, who like turns around and looks at the camera a bit, but they yeah. never look like directly down lens. It's... Down lens and wink. It's yeah. great. Um, and yeah, there's some fucking fan art of that killer. Holy shit. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Also, um, the, the 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 cool remix of the Dead by Daylight theme that's like as a K-pop song. That's totally. also I also yeah. I can't remember. Was it this one that I actually bookmarked god i can't remember um there's a bunch of lore and stuff in this as well but basically they also partnered with actual k-pop uh, to actual k-pop producers um, in order to get like the character and lore right which i think is awesome Um, and also it sounds like they were involved in the remix of the main because they remix the main theme for every new season based on the killer so having a k-pop remix of the dead by daylight theme is super cool yeah it's Um, awesome yeah, I like that. It's um, a really unique design for the character, which I quite like about. Um, totally, yeah. Like it doesn't cool. look like it doesn't look like any other character. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, so very quickly, there are a couple of um, what do we even call them now? Live stream streams, like announcement streams. For yeah, 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 a couple of places. Um, so there's a state of play, which is the PlayStation One. I think the only interesting thing from that was Sifu, probably. 
Yeah, that thing was fucking looked great. Yeah, yeah. Sifu's new game for all. They, talk, they, 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 talk, they talked about like Deathloop and stuff like that again, but it's all stuff that you've not you've seen before. Like yeah. Sifu was the first time we've seen this thing. Well, I'll get to Deathloop, but they yeah. so Sifu was the next game from Slow Clap, the team behind Absolver. Yeah, um, which is a game you liked quite a lot. And fucking it, love that game. Yeah, and it looks like they're basically taking that and turning it into like a martial arts movie, basically. Yeah, they're, they're, it seems like instead of it being like an open world. Um, like pvp style thing they are trying to do like a single player story but it looks very much like they're the combat mechanics that absolver did are being used in that game again yep um which is great because that's the thing that absolver did really really well was how the combat worked so yep uh they did our trailer for death loop um which they did they're doing this a lot where they're they're, like death loop looks awesome like that thing has some style but they're not talking about what actually the game is Turns mm-hmm. out the day after the developers put up a big twenty minute video going, here's what Deathloop is on their YouTube channel, which I have not watched yet. Oh really? Okay. But I need to I've go see what that, that yeah. game actually is. Um and then the Final Fantasy VII stuff, which just got Oh man, was, that was like great. 17 it's levels so of weird. Stupid. Yeah. So they announced okay. So Final Fantasy VII Remake is getting a PS5 upgrade, which is called No. They're getting a PS5 upgrade. So they're yes. getting an upgrade. If you own the PS4 version, you get the PS5 version for free. Fine. They also announced Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade. Integrade, yeah. Is that the name of the update or is that the name of the DLC? I think they're the same thing. They may be like, the same I think, thing? I think, I think the upgrade is the DLC. Like, I think it's the same thing. They both come as the same thing, basically. Yeah. Okay, so Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrade worst video game name possibly in a long time anyway. it's very kingdom hearts it's, it's like very, very hearts. yeah yeah five five seven remake integrate three nine four over 12 and like yeah forget there um so the upgrade HD remix final yeah. so i mean it looks nice it runs at 60 it's got some it's got graphics <laughs> um it's got graphics it does have graphics, graphics. It, had a, it had a black screen which had graphics on it which was very funny anyway, um, graphics it's a uh, whole new episodes um with Yuffie, Yuffie, however you pronounce it. Um, yep. Some stuff on there. PS4 to PS5 upgrade is free. Um, sounds like the content is also free. They didn't actually talk, yep. say that specifically, but it sounds like it's free. Um, and has saved data transfer from the previous game. Mm-hmm. Then shit got weird. So, and that's uh, June 10th. That comes out. Then shit got weird, where it sounds like then you cannot get this Yuffie content on PS4 at all. This is exclusive to the PS5 yeah. upgrade, which considering yeah. the amount of PS5s available in June seems like tailor-made to piss people off and the people you don't want to yep. piss off are Final Fantasy VII fans, but there you go. Um, they also announced uh, just after that that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be is the PS Plus game this month. Mm-hmm. Except that if you redeem it on, play, on PS Plus, you do not qualify for the free upgrade. That's a separate thing. Separate thing. Yeah, and it was done in very, very small letters on the uh, very small text on the PS5 PS Plus announcement for this month that you do not yeah. qualify for this thing. There's also a technical question there, where as somebody who's manipulated the PS5 interface for this stuff and having to deal with like what games are PS4 games, what games are PS5 games, are you downloading the right mm-hmm. thing? Which game am I starting? I don't know how you then go and buy. If you've already redeemed this game, there's some technical stuff in there. I don't think the UI is designed for, but they've obviously thought about this because fuck it, it's Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. 
And then the final thing was on their Twitter account, they then announced, oh, by the way, we are releasing a mobile Final Fantasy VII Battle Royale game called The Last so- the First Soldier. Yeah, the, looks- the, the trailer had the, fl- the phrase Final Fantasy Battle Royale in big letters. Uh-huh. That was the... And it's they, a great trailer. It's a totally. great trailer. And they also announced... Fuck, what was the second thing they announced? So they uh, announced a mobile a mobile retelling of the Final Fantasy VII universe, which includes Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus, Advent Children, Seven proper, and which something looks, else that I'm missing. Which looks After like... Crisis or whatever it was called, but yeah. yeah. Which looks like original Final Fantasy VII, like it's that style... Like yeah. in terms of character designs and all this kind of stuff, it feels which like is su- which is super ambitious, really interesting, and probably the most interesting thing to come out of that presentation. Yeah, is that thing of like they're going to tell all the Final Fantasy VII stuff on mobile. Which it's releasing is... in chapters, apparently. Yeah, so I don't know what that means. So the interest, yeah. the problem is the interesting thing about that we can't talk about to avoid spoilers for Final Fantasy VII yeah. remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. like if you've played that game. And I haven't played that game, but you told me about it. And if you listen to our Game of the Year stuff, we will tell you about it there as well. That I I don't know how. Well, I don't know what that means. The, yeah, yeah I don't like know what, that what does means. that mean? Right? Like, yeah. Anyway, it's a cool idea. It'd be interesting to see what they get. Also, the battle royale thing doesn't look terrible. Like it no, looks it doesn't. Pretty it competent, is. actually, even if it is mobile only. It's supposed to be the setup is supposed to be like a soldier training. Yes, they're trying to find the first batch of soldiers. Um, But it was like, it's a battle royale where there's like, you're shooting guns and numbers are popping off dudes, but also you can summon effort. And you're like, okay, sure, I'll look at that. I can't wait to open up a chest and find the effort material. Or the fat chockable material. Fat chockable. Um, There's no date on that. So who knows, but they announced it. Um, And then there was the Nintendo Direct as well mm-hmm. actually that happened first but it doesn't matter um which was their first full-length direct in two years which i thought was yeah. astounding so we'll talk about what they showed and then we'll talk about what they didn't show so uh Zimbley characters coming to smash fall guys pyra and pyra and, and mithra. mithra yeah um fall guys Z- to- they are the they are the drives and Xenoblade characters yes. too uh, Fall Guys has come to Switch which I'm shocked it wasn't already but apparently that game is still just PC and Playstation so yeah sure um, Outer Wilds is coming Summary mm-hmm. Warriors 5 is coming which you had to explain to me what that game was because it looks a hell of a lot like Dynasty Warriors apparently it's a different game that's sure. what it is but yeah yeah um, Famicom Detective Club was announced that they yeah. are putting that game out which is like a super specific like game I didn't know about um, I don't know about it either. Yeah. But it was like it's a visual novel from the Famicom, so your NES days, which they are remaking completely, like in high def and porting, which is cool. Like that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, um, sure. The Missing Air and the Girl Who Stands Behind uh, May Fourteenth. There's a Legend of Mana game. There's the which sequel looks, to Legend of Mana that's coming out, which looks yeah. terrible. I don't like great. Yeah. I don't like those games, but also like it's an enhanced version of a PS1 game, but it looks like trash. But also I don't care about those games, so sure. Um Monster Hunter Rise got a trailer. There's a new Mario Golf where yep. you play speed with a story golf, mode. With a story mode than speed golf, which is speed like golf. Speed golf appears to be what happens if four players play golf all at the same time. Sure. I, said, I think I think we were watching it at the same time, and I said to you, um, "I want Speed Golf to be like Mario Kart, but for golf." 
So yes. I want to like fuck with other golfers while they're like trying to take shots. Yes, and stuff exactly. Like that. that sounds like a lot of fun. Totally, that could be alright. It's not. It's probably not that, but it would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, no more heroes three got a date of August twenty seventh. Um, yep. Knockout City, which is that. Uh, do- that's that dodgeball game, game, right? Yep. Yeah. May twenty yep. first. Neon White, which is that anime shooter kind of thing. Yeah, the weird, the weird sort of like it looks like a game designed for speedrunning. Yes, that thing. it looks like a speedrunning yeah. based first person shooter, which is yes. made by the guy who made Donut County. <laughs> yes, which is sure. Why um, not? Why not? Uh, Metopia is coming to Switch, which is a thing. <laughs> um, and there's Mario stuff to come to Animal Crossing, which is now out, and then Project Triangle Strategy, which is the greatest video game name ever. Which is yeah. basically like, what if Octopath Traveler and Final Fantasy Tactics had a child? And it's this. Yeah. is a game with the looks of Octopath Traveler, but the tactical combat of like FFT or Fire yeah. Emblem or whatever you want to call Tactics it. Tactics Ogre was the one they're claiming in here. Uh, you played that demo, oh, right? That, that's, 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 Tactics Ogre is the thing that led into Final Fantasy Tactics. Yes, uh, I did play that demo. It's very, very good. Um, cool. Good. Is, it's got some interesting ideas. There are some... There's some neat uh, twists on the tactical stuff. Uh, it has the the Fire Emblem like team attack thing, like where two characters can interact with each other if they're near, but not for dating purposes, but for like actual in-game combat purposes. Right. You can do stuff where you like knock people back and like knock them into other people who do attacks, and oh, it's interesting. It's computer stuff, cool. and it looks phenomenal. Like, it does the, have a really the, cool. The look. game looks incredible. Like it's fantastic. But yeah. Um, Project Triangle Strategy is not the final name by really hope of course it's the final not, name. Yeah. I hope it's the final name. Um, Star Wars Hunters, which they didn't say what it was, but later revealed it's a multiplayer Star shooter. Wars Battle Royale game. Yeah, probably. 2021. Yeah. World's End Club, which is super interesting. It's a new story from the guys who made Danganronpa. Ronpa, it's, it's, developers is, of Danganronpa. This is the game that's the combination of the writers behind Danganronpa and the Zero Escape games. This oh, is the game it's both that they're of them. making in collaboration. Yeah. Cool. Uh, May 28th, Ninja Gaiden Trilogy. Uh, yep. More. Oh, DLC for Hyrule Warriors. Yep. Uh, Skyward Sword HD. I don't know who wanted that, but yeah, sure. It's... Um, and then Splatoon 3, which. So now we should talk about the things they actually didn't talk about. So Platoon 3 actually looked super cool for the first minute and a half of that trailer. Where yeah. It, it looked like they were going... Styled like, they seemed to be styled like a single-player RPG sort of thing. It yeah. was weird. Um, um, and it it raised some really interesting questions about that world. Yeah, that was like that. I was super excited because the, the stuff that they were doing was being like... Showing you what the world of Octa, uh, the Splatoon is outside of the city... Yeah. Which is like, why is there a desert everywhere? Why are there why are there train tracks in the middle of the desert? Who's this fish guy? Why does he have a fish head? What the hell's that? Why would like you, why would they want to ride a train? Like yeah. yeah, why are they on a train? Like where are they going? And it's the, and then it got into the city and then went, Oh, it's Splatoon 3, and I was like, ah It's a four player okay, team based cool. co-op. Yeah. Um yeah. So the big thing missing from this whole presentation was no details on Breath of the Wild 2. Um no. or the new Metroid game or no. Bayonetta 3. Which were the three big nope. games that I thought everyone going into that was like, it's a bit. They're doing a big full length one. It's got to be one of those, right? Except the worst thing about the Breath of the Wild two stuff was that, um, uh, who's the lead on that team? 
I can never remember his name. I can't remember. Yeah. Whoever the lead is, the guy that you know, the guy that announced Breath of the Wild, um, stood up and said, "Yeah, we don't have any news for you. Sorry, here's Skyward Sword." And like, yeah, that double punch of like, wait, what? And Please give us a bit more what? time. Yeah. Um, they said there's more details coming later, but they do not currently have anything to announce about that game. So sure. Um, the really disappointing thing is, my guess is, and this is based on like us watching Japanese developers for a long time. Mm-hmm. My guess is that they've been affected in the same way as the rest of us have by the pandemic stuff, which has fucked up a bunch of development. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. They are not going to say that. That is no, not a thing. Not. That is not a thing you do as a Japanese developer. You don't say that. You just say, "We need more time. We're very sorry." Okay, fine, cool. Um, there's a report from this was the third of March, so last week. Basically, that Bloomberg are reporting that some details about a new Nintendo Switch coming this year. Um, which is... It's been rumoured for a long time, but they're now saying they have um, some details, basically. Um, specifically around the fact that it is a... The report says that it is a Samsung display going into the screen, which is a 7-inch 720p OLED um, panel. So that's a, OLEDs are good screens, right? 720p, oh, yeah. but still 720p yeah. um, on that screen. Um which is bigger than the current one. The current one's a 6.2 on that screen. Um, but they're also reporting that the new Switch model will be capable of 4K when hooked up to a TV. Um, which is okay. interesting, right? Like That's a that's interesting, yeah. big fucking jump for that that device. Because like, that, that, that Switch is based on the Tegra chips, which are like originally like mobile graphics chips. I haven't followed them super closely, but the idea that there's a mobile chip that can do 4K is probably true at this point, but mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's still the Tegra's. I don't know what it is, but sure. Um, report doesn't state a possible result, release date for the Switch. This is from the Verge article. Um, but Bloomberg sources say it will come in time for the holidays and that the displays will start shipping to assemblers around July. The initial target said to be just under a million units. So so that's that. that seems... That's the level of re- that's the kind of banal reporting that I makes me believe this is actually a thing that's going to happen. Like, yeah, that's sure. a hard like. These screens are going from this person to this person with a date that says they're going to start shipping to assemblers in July. Yeah, 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 sure. There's a bunch of other questions about it. Like, obviously, it's going to be bigger. Like, what's backwards compatibility going to be like? What is like? Um, All the usual questions that you get. Forward compatibility. Gone. How do you transfer for Switch? Are they going to fix account issues? Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Oh no, not that. I don't right? want to talk about that with Switch right? again. Right. Yeah. But I mean, this is the thing. Like, this is the first. Like a lot of the Switch has been about the fact that, and again, if you talk about like stuff like Animal Crossing, these subtle messages like you, everyone in your family should have a Switch because yeah. why wouldn't they? But this yeah. is the first time they're actually selling you a thing that is theoretically like you should buy a new Switch. And giving you zero tools to get onto that new Switch. Sure. We'll see. Also, you can't transfer your Animal Crossing at that point. Anyway, doesn't matter. Probably not, no. Anyway, so that's the thing that's happening. And then the last thing, we just want to mention it because there's enough reporting and people who are better than us talked about it, but the Six Days in Fallujah stuff has just been... Oh, God. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like, there's a lot of really good reporting. Like, Charlie Hall did a really good report on Polygon about... Well, not only the original announcement, but also the shit we're actually going to talk about. So, Six Days in Fallujah was a game from 2014, I think? Yeah. Earlier than that, maybe? Long, long long time ago. Six Days in Fallujah was a game from... uh, 
Uh, oh god, no, I've lost it now. Oh, sorry, April 2009. Sorry, that game originally was. Um, was the game announced in 2009, supposed to be published by Konami, um, which was supposed to be a military shooter covering the that period of time in Fallujah. Mm-hmm. It got canned. Uh, it got quite rightly said, like, what the fuck are you doing? Konami got yeah. cold feet, canned the project. Game disappeared. And then middle of uh, February, um, Highwire Games, who are known for... What did they do? Highwire Games... I recognise the name. Uh, games. I can't remember. Can you quickly look up who Highwire Games is? I'm just. I can't, yeah. can't quite remember. Um, they announced they've picked up the title. They are publishing a game called Six Days in Fallujah. It's coming out this year, um, and they have a publisher signed up, and they're making the thing. So naturally, the question goes: Why now? Why this game? And also, what the so fuck? It seems, like, can... it seems like Highwire have only made one other game before, so it's not... What's the game? Golem? Oh, Golem. It was a PSVR game that was fine, go. apparently. Um, cool. So, naturally, the question comes up, like, why this game? Why now? Yeah, why this why, developer? Why? So many why questions, yeah. It's a bunch of why questions. So, um, they then interviewed... Uh, the head of Six Days in Fallujah publisher Victoria, uh, sorry, Peter Tampt, who's the head of the Six Days in Fallujah publisher Victura. Oh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, yeah. And basically announced and said, um, so Polygon interviewed him, which was the report that got passed around everywhere and kind of headlined a lot of this thinking. Um, do 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 do. Where are we? Uh, he was assistant. This is from the Polygon article. He was insistent that the developer Highwire Games would not grapple with the political machinations that led to the titular conflict. Instead, the first-person shooter would try and engender empathy for American troops in the field, for their work destroying the insurgents that dug in throughout Fallujah, and for the civilians trapped between. Um, Quotes um, for their narrative strategy, he said, this is Tamps talking, I think... uh, For us as a team, it's really about helping players understand the complexity of urban combat. It's about the experiences of the individual that uh, of it's about the experiences of that individual that is now there because of political decisions, and we do want to show how choices that are made by policymakers affect the choices that a marine needs to make on the battlefield. Just as that a marine cannot second guess the choices by policymakers, we're not trying to make a political commentary about whether or not the war itself was good or bad idea. And that was the quote Cheers. that kind of <laughs> exactly. So that was the quote that that escaped this interview and basically everyone picked up so How they're you making they're, a game with that like that without making a goddamn political statement <laughs> yes like we're not trying to make a political game about a intensely political decision and yeah like controversial like a, a, decision a, a, yeah a period of massive political controversy and like horrible political action in the time of like war and conflict and like yeah it's like the very good reasons why it should not be in there in the first place like it's yeah exactly like i mean we've shot all over ubisoft for doing this constantly right like the idea that you could come in there and go like yeah we we should anybody that says that yeah totally but like ubisoft are bad at this specifically right where they're like yes watchdogs legion a game about post-brexit britain and authoritarian governments is not political okay sure um, the Division 2, a game where their leads... Um, that was the art. big one. That was the one yeah. that made me be like, what the fuck are you even saying? The lead like, concept yeah. art is about a like 
rebellion force during uh, during the the fall of Washington DC with the White House directly behind you in your concept art is not a political game. Okay, like no, get it's not political. like what? Um, but what like you saying, yeah, this is a level above that where this is a real thing that happens that is still to this day a contentious issue, heavily steeped in politics. Yeah, is wild that you're not making a political statement. Also, like for me, the internal logic of their shitty explanation doesn't even work. Where quote for us as a team, it's really about helping players understand the complexity of urban combat. Like if that's the thing you want to do, there are many other. F- fights combat situations locations real or imaginary where you could go deep on urban combat if you really wanted to do that right for sure yeah and then saying like it's about the experiences of that individual that is there because of political decisions okay but just as that marine cannot second guess the choices made by policymakers we're not trying to make a political commentary about whether or not the war itself was good or a bad idea so because a marine cannot go, I don't want this is a bad idea, and yeah. disagree with policymakers because they're they're military and you don't do that. That in itself is a political st- like that in yeah. itself is a political statement about you saying the fact that, that you're is sending, a political statement. Yeah. yeah. Also, the fact that you that that they are sending people to this place and they cannot say no is a political yeah. like the decision to do this at all is a political statement because you cannot. There is no way to do this in an entirely factual mm-hmm. thing, right? Especially because if you read between the lines of some of the stuff, even like taking the words on face value, if you read between the lines a lot of this stuff, like they want to show empathy for civilians and the Marines and the... Also, that was a quote, by the way, the uh, work destroying the insurgents. I think that was a quote. Yeah. This is unclear, yeah. but like destroying the insurgents is a pretty strong term yeah. that has enough stuff in there. Like every pretty part of this, is just, term. Yeah. right? Like every part of this is just insane, right? Like it's just yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, it, it's ludicrous. Like it, so it's, 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 it's insane that someone could could even think yeah that making a game, not only making a game about that, is a good idea, which it probably isn't, but yeah. you know, you could maybe do it in such a way that handles it with tact. Unless but you then, want to go down the entirely cynical route where all of this happening is exactly what they wanted, right? In or, which case, yeah, or, or they're doing this to kick up stink, and that's the... In yeah. which case, or engender themselves with a group of people who think that people caring about this stuff is you being a woke SJW leftist, right? Like, that's yeah, the other, yeah, yeah. even more cynical path you could take down this stuff, right? Um. So, so, yeah, so the quote that came out was like, we don't want to make a political statement. Also, this section, so I'm reading from the Polygon article here. Uh, there were other tools and tactics in play during that battle in 2004. The US military has said that it used shake and bake tactics, a combination of high explosive and white phosphorus rounds that flushed out insurgents from the harder bunkers in order to destroy them. But using white phosphorus as a weapon in close proximity to civilians would contradict the accepted laws of war. Again, Tamt isn't interested in litigating what constitutes a war crime. Quote... There are things. No, you're that... just going to try and show it on screen. You know that's fine. No, like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about what war crime is. Let, let's hear about an entirely a political game. Yeah. Quote: There are things that divide us, and including those really divisive things, I think distracts people from the human stories we can all identify with. I have two concerns with including phosphorus as a weapon. Number one, that it's not part of the stories that these guys told us. 
So I don't have. We'll come mm. back to that. We'll, we'll come back yeah. to that. So I don't have an. So I don't have an authentic factual basis on which to tell that. The most important. That's most important. Number two is I don't want sensational types of things to distract from the parts of that experience. Right. Let's 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 just look at that Break for a second. Yeah. So it's not part of the stories that these guys told us. Maybe because they I'll, don't want to admit to war crimes, like that. Like one, yeah, like one war crimes. Two, I would imagine that these people are pretty fucking scarred from the experience. Also, of doing that this. maybe they fucking don't want to talk about it because it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, also, implicitly talking about that and the fact that it is theoretically, not even theoretically, that it is accepted to be a war crime. Yeah. It's also the idea that you're not. So there's all of that stuff, right? The fact that they're, they're oh, they didn't tell us about it, so we're not going to do it. The fact that you are leaving that thing out of this conflict, which is a thing that has been widely reported and confirmed by a bunch of reporting, other yep. like at, like news reporting, like journalistic reporting. The fact that you're leaving this out of your game about this actual thing that actually happened is a political statement. Because yeah, you're choosing to ignore that. You're choosing the... to ignore the war crimes that were committed as part of this actual thing, which is inherently a white, like a whitewashing of the situation, which is inherently a political statement. Like, yep. Yep. you can't, like, you have to be. The only way to be generous about this entire thing is to is to accept that this guy knows exactly what he's doing, and is like, if I say enough words, we just can't admit it, and if we don't admit it, we're fine. Yeah. And you're like, because the other part of this is that he's a fucking idiot and can't yeah, connect yeah, all of these different true, things yeah. together, right? And I don't believe that for a second. It must be the former. So, yeah. like, every part of this is just fucked. Every part of this is completely fucked. Like... It's insane. Yeah, like, the, it's... I think it's only going to get worse as well. Like, we've not seen the end of it. Like, I want to see... I want to see where it goes. Like Totally. Like, how... How close does this get? And you watch the trailer for that game, and it is interspersed shots of what is what might be in game, what might not be a game. Um, five. Um, what is the, what might be in game? What might not be game? What might be CG? What might be pre-rendered? I don't know. But cutting that in between actual interviews with actual soldiers that were there, right? So they're going down this like vaguely Band of Brothers esque route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which, again, is yeah. Which again is like a specific, like, like that's oh, this whole thing infuriates me. So yeah, just like all of this is bizarre from start to finish, and I don't. It's too, it's, it's crazy. It's too crazy. Like yeah. the only, like I said, the only explanation is that this is all part of the plan. Like you, you cannot. Unless, like, unless you're exceptionally naive, you cannot imagine that this wasn't going to happen in oh, 2021. Yeah. Like, yeah, and you could have done like, you could have even given it a different name. Like, you could have given it a different name. And, oh, like not tied it to the previous. Yeah, like shit the idea of yeah. T- yeah, even the idea of tying it to that previous stuff brings all of that luggage along with it. On top of it being fucked to begin with, like it's just, yeah, totally. It's such a weird story. It's such a weird story. But yeah. It's crazy, yeah. I suggest people, uh, there'll be a link to the Polygon interview um, in the show notes. Uh, You should go read it. It's interesting. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Go and and see what's actually being said, yeah. Yep. Um, But yeah, that's everything. Uh, What we've got coming up. So the Game of the Year stuff is up now. There's probably another week and a half worth of stuff to go on there. 
Um, we should record those top five stuff because we haven't actually done that Probably, yet because we yeah. had some time. Um, so there's that coming up. Uh, you're playing Loop Hero, which we should do something yep. with. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to sh- I want to show off that um, System Shock sure. demo because it's very cool. Uh, is there anything coming out? Video so. games in 2021. I don't think there is, but I just want to be very very sure. January. Bravely Default 2 is out there in the world and I'm on the fence about whether or not I'll actually play it. So oh, right, yeah. Might, might pick that up at some point. What was the other thing? Um, the Persona 5 Strikers. Are you oh interested yeah, that, in that was also a thing. I should... <sighs> I probably should take a look at it at some point, yeah. The problem is it's like... Part, a... it's, be- it's better than expected, but it is a very expensive game. It's also like a fi- it's like $54.99, right, on Steam? Yeah. Um, Apex comes out on Switch. Is about the only thing I can see. Don't really. want to play that game. Yeah, I do not want to play that game on Switch. That probably that, is oh, not. That Kingdom's Amalur rework came out, right? That was that was like last year. On okay, PC, yeah. this is it coming out on Switch then. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there's not a lot really coming up. So nope. Yep, it's kind of it. So we'll do stuff. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah, we'll do things. We'll do things. Uh, so yeah, GameEngineStart.com is the name of the website. You can find out all our articles, videos, and podcasts are on there. If you go to... Sorry, I just ran up some stairs. <laughs> if you do youtube.com slash gaming start, you can subscribe there, get notified when we put new videos up. We are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search Gaming Start, find us there. Podcast at GameEngineStart.com is the email address. If you want to get in touch, that's us. Be safe. Enjoy whatever you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye.